All right. Just when you thought it was over, we come back to step on your neck and dribble down your face again. Ooh. I just, I don't want to waste any time with this episode. I feel like we have to talk about things before Michael gets to open his mouth and ruin it all. Oh my god, very wow. Fun yeah. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, no. I'm no, salty I'm, one no, I'm episode <laughs> and you just immediately gotta be like, hold up there. Mm. So, God? Um, we kind of went through the era of viral videos like we've all experienced it we're all old enough that like viral videos became a thing in our time right um and then you go to the extreme end of that spectrum which is the the shock value videos like the uh, there was that beautiful period of time where you would trick your friends into watching fucked up shit and i think we talked about that at some point lemon party mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm talking like the five cues on Google. I'm talking Lemon Party, uh, and then you know, infamous the two girls one cup. Um, and then if you were if you had the misfortune of one guy one cup, um, which if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to describe it on air, but it's fucking horrific. Fair um, enough. Good enough for me. I'm going to leave that one well alone. Future but me reason- can do it either. The reason that I bring all this up, and uh, I guess I'll just trigger warning for everything, and not say for life content coming up here. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and that, that mainly is for Shane's sake, because <laughs> we have a, an update on Norm Summerton. <gasps> Uh-oh, please Why tell you, me it's not uh, Okay. Bad. Please I love me. that this is the recurring bit where you just want to see how many sharp objects I can drive into my own body by the end of an episode, because I have some. I, I think I think spoilers it's, it's sixty nine times. <laughs> I think it's because when something gets to me to the point where I feel sick, I want to see if other people can you know kind of like hold me and comfort me and tell me that it's okay. Okay, uh, <laughs> are right, you just in a Tom Segura this son of a bitch all the hell? Oh, well, Jesus. I mean, it, it's I'm not trying just to plug it over there, but it's like one of the main things I do every single week. Like it's part of my my content that I consume and it's it's fun right. to share it with my friends. And this is the only time during my week now that I get to speak to anybody else. So <laughs> I consequently have two things to say. I hate Tom Segura. I'm just going to go oh, on the no. record and say that uh, just patently. Is it because you guys are so alike? No, oddly enough, but uh, I'll allow you to tell me your terrible story and then I'll divulge. Okay. Well, on uh, last week's episode, so I saw this section after we recorded. Uh, It's referred to now as the poutine clip, and it is Somerton showing you how to prepare and enjoy uh, French-Canadian poutine. Yes, and everyone loves a good poutine, except for Johnny Depp's character in Tusk, because it just gives him the worst shits. I mean, this is akin and as shocking as Tusk. Okay. Uh, so, I'm just going to, like, just speed through it, because right. I All feel right. like we have a lot of yeah, mileage. Yeah, you seemed like you really wanted to get going today. So. Um, so, Norm does a little twist on the recipe, and he pisses on it and shits on it, and then puts Velveeta cheese on top of it, and it's disgusting because, well, I, I'm i a member of their channel, so I, I can't see the actual clip because it won't be allowed on YouTube, but they show it blurred out, and they describe it in vivid detail that, like, the cheese doesn't mix, it just bounces off. <laughs> um, and then just to really tie it all together and take it home, he, he eats it. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Michael. 
I suppose uh, I, just, we, I would pay. I would. I would. Uh, I would pay other people so that they could see Shane's face. <laughs> Michael. Too. If we needed a, another excuse for me to advocate for the extermination of certain individuals, <laughs> just based on my personal criteria, uh, I think you know that says it all. And by the way, by the eternal, I'm so sorry. Behold, no, it's the Disinformed <laughs> Podcast or the Jeremy Corbell Podcast, as we are now appropriately labeled. Apparently, I don't wish to uh, behold anything now. Don't behold. Uh, cover your eyes and shield Be- them. Behold it. Behold. <laughs> Scrub uh. them with as much Clorox as possible, uh, which someone in you know tells us to ingest. I'm Shane. I'm John, and I'm Michael. And I hate everything on the planet right now. Um, I just really wanted to, like, color the episode a bit first. You know what I mean? Just, like, really, like, yeah. Well, that's certainly one way to put another complexion on the matter. Uh, Much like I told my wife when she first met me. It's all downhill from here. I just, we've gone from, you know, titty, titty, titty pig to now shitty, titty, pity, titty. (laughs) And... uh, I never, th- you know, bet you never thought that you would see shit on the tits of a pig. And I hate this man, uh, just in, on principle. And I'm also now sharing that hatred for Tom Segura for bringing it to me. So that's, um, that's why you hate Tom Segura? No, I hate Tom Segura. Because um, I remember don't actually. Hate, I was going to say, hate is so strong. Like, what did he personally do? Hate is a hell of a motivator. No, I think. I've discovered that Tom Segura and I, while there may be some similitude, are dramatically different people. Um, and it harkens back to the, I don't think that you can ever qualify taste. And we were talking about this. Melissa was watching um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. What in the ever-living pig shit is that? Isn't that it some is British based- thing? It's a BBC show that uh, co-stars Elijah Wood, and I forget who the lead actor oh, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're this right. Is a, is Elijah Wood. Uh, like yeah, a show yeah. show, or is this a reality? It's a show show. Oh, and okay. it involves, it's a based on a Doug Adams book. Oh. Wherein it's very, you know, it's, it's British-y. And it has kind of, there's a lot of uh, elements of Doctor Who that kind of fall into it. But Dirk Gently is a holistic detective, which means that he does not just study... The I'm going to paraphrase this really poorly because I watched two episodes and then just took a, a deep out. pass. Yeah. Um, but uh, he studies, you know, all of the simulacrum and all the things that uh, the ephemera surrounding a crime in order to discover who did it because things just happen to him. So he will magically walk into the person who, you know, committed the act or he'll walk into someone who knows somebody. So he just kind of stumbles into grace perpetually. So is it kind of like uh, Will Graham except without good writing? It's a it's a comedy, one. Okay. And two, it is very absurd. And so, it, again, it's kind of one of those where I think I, I hurt Melissa's feelings and it was unintentional, but I started, you know, it, to use the professional wrestling term and this will all loop back in again. Uh, I started, <gasps> I started cutting a promo on the show as to why I didn't like it. And then, you know, realized that I didn't need to just like, she likes the show and enjoys it. I did not like it. But again, I finally came back around to stopping and went, I, I'm not ready for it yet. I'm sorry. And, uh, but it took me a second. So I was like, you know, I just, 
I've really tried to measure and pull back from ever telling someone their opinion on something is wrong if it's a matter of taste because it just doesn't sync up. And I've seen some Tom Segura stand-up, and I, I'm not, I don't dig it. It just doesn't hit me the way it hits you. Which is not saying either of us are wrong. It just doesn't resonate with me that way because I don't find joy in being acerbic that way of like i don't intentionally try to piss people off i still delight when it happens yeah that that's that's where i, I liken you too is that... yes and it's not my primary motivator it's like once i see the button i go oh okay well let's push it a couple more times what, what was your thing a uh a so with a morphine drip yes yeah. yes like a monkey with a morphine drip just bing 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 so i'm listening to a podcast today of a couple of the wrestling personalities I, that i as typically soon as you go said to. wrestling i knew this was gonna happen yep. this is what solidified your hatred it all makes sense now but for what, Michael, what's funny i'll let you recount yeah uh, i'm like i'll i'm listening apparently this is so fucking funny to me now what's funny is i have not heard his statement so what i'm doing is extrapolating from people paraphrasing his statements to a wrestling personality and then getting a response <laughs> and what's funny is the personality i listened to is normally really like very easily angered and is tends to be fairly incendiary and he said i don't know who the fuck this tom Simgura or whoever the hell he is is but what the fuck has he been in I haven't seen him on any television shows I haven't ever heard of him apparently he's YouTube famous wow that's big and like just starts running <laughs> down the list and I'm like okay well and then he said but I, I can't disagree with what he said now to get back to the point apparently what he said is people who like professional wrestling are to use his exact word fucking retards and if you believe that this thing is an actual contest, it is akin to the Special Olympics, where he's like, yeah, sure, it's like kind of real, but it's not an actual contest. No one's competing for anything. And, you know, and to what John said previously is like where he says he has a marching band in his head whenever he gets somebody pissed off that starts to go up where he's like, I won. I was like, well, he's just being incendiary to be incendiary. Like, I, I get it. So that that actually was the same episode uh, of the uh, the poutine clip, and essentially he's swinging for the fences. That son of a bitch. Yeah. So it's really funny because I I don't really I've never understood Twitter feuds, and I've never like been a part of one that I'm like, oh my god, I know exactly where the inception of the Twitter feud is. Okay. Um, and all this last week, it's been all of these wrestling uh, fans and wrestlers themselves like coming after Tom Segura and it, it would be kind of like saying like okay well in order to get the context you need to watch three hours or you can watch two content creators clip right. him just like I make the joke I, I think I make it almost in every episode here I'm like clip that because yes. anything out of context you can make them sound really bad mm -hmm. but contextually like if you watch if you watch that particular episode the moment it starts getting talked about, you can tell it's a bit. Yeah. That he's just beating to death. Like, they're all collectively are beating to death. Mm -hmm. He calls into his production staff, uh, Josh Potter, and he's like, well, you like terrible things, so you probably like wrestling. And Josh Potter's like, uh, yeah, actually, I've been a huge fan of wrestling for most of my my life. And like, yeah. and they, they turn into something productive. But there's a lot of bits that have been happening because I mm -hmm. think with with all the quarantining and things like that, content is a little harder to come by like they don't have right. normal guests anymore so i've i've been picking up over the past three or four weeks like these like little threads that they keep trying they, they keep bringing back in that are obviously really played out mm. that being said I, I think his bit was hilarious 
Got because the dismount is him half-heartedly apologizing. And you can see in his eyes that he knows that he went too far and he's just going to have to live with it. All right. So I... I respect your your decision, and I respect that I respect I respect that we can have difference of opinions and taste. Mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that Twitter feuds are hilarious once you have the context. Agreed. And what's funny is like I wasn't offended by his statement, which is you know interesting because it's like I I don't even like wrestling anymore. It's been a good long while since I really took any joy out of it. It's and just kind of a, what he was getting at. Right. But, and then I'm in my head, I'm like, if there's anyone out there who truly believes that within the last 30 years, professional wrestling <laughs> is an actual contest, <laughs> you're touched mentally. So I can understand what he was saying, but I'm like, who does? I don't know of anybody. There's probably a handful of people who are so far deep down, deep state, who believe, oh, it's still wrestling. That's a contest. Those two men are fighting it out. That now we've, I mean, they joke about it all the time that back in the day, you know, the idea that you can grab a guy by the arm and propel him with enough <laughs> force across to make him run across the ring, hit a set of ropes and then come back to you. Well, the guy would take like three steps and stop or just stumble and fall down if you right. threw him that hard. So it's like you have to understand some of this is complicit, but now they've gotten to the point where if you've seen a match recently, they have a guy who wrestles with his hands in his pockets. Okay. He pretends to be a sloth, so he slow kicks everybody. I mean, same. He kicks their shins <laughs> like it's you know just we've gone beyond the air being credulity, and now it's just there's a, a bit of staged nonsense that happens, and you go, okay, all right, I get it. I if right. I want to get that button pushed, I'll watch UFC and watch people actually punch each other. Yeah. So okay, that's what's doing it for me. Um, before I get to what we were talking about before we hit roll. Speaking about like just watching UFC, if you want to see that, I've been getting so much enjoyment still from uh, the subreddit public freakouts, mm. and then occasionally speaking like seeing things on Twitter. Some of my feed gets those fake fight videos, and I did not used to be the person that enjoyed those, but now they bring me legitimate joy. God. I'll be I'll watch them in bed like before I'm going to sleep, and if Becky is unfortunate enough to be awake, she'll be like, "Are you watching? Those are people fight. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> uh, a lot but a lot of wrestling fans were out at casa a couple days ago oh yes they were there in fucking droves <laughs> because we live in a bullshit state that does not believe in science mm. so like to further firstly we'll we'll contextualize with what we were talking about so i'll let you weigh in on that first and then i'll throw in what happened to me today oh no Oh, am I, uh, am I telling? Yeah, I yeah you, you started it, so you yeah, got to finish it. Okay. Well, essentially, since we are in a stupid state that ignores science and, and facts, um, a lot of things are being reopened prematurely. Mm. And with the, the contingency of social distancing and preventative measures being put into place and people being responsible and intelligent, which is just not going to happen, in, mm. <laughs> especially yeah. not in Tempe, Arizona. Or um, anywhere in Arizona. You can't expect much. So, so there is a viral video. A viral picture, rather, now of people trying to contract a virus. Um, I mean, they're openly stopping just barely short of spitting in each other's mouths, apparently. It is a a picture of a two-story bar um, called Casa on Mill Ave in Tempe. And it is ass to elbow, and that is not me being hyperbolic. No. Uh, to the point where today, we're recording this on Wednesday, 
the mayor of Tempe essentially <laughs> declared emergency and then is now making it mandatory that any bars that are reopening have to provide or any places, restaurant or bar reopening, have to provide documentation on how they're being preventative, which, again, no one's going to enforce. Everything's a fucking joke. And uh, I, well, we, we deserve what's coming. Yeah. Um, what was it? It was on it was Monday night when I was working um, and I saw the news report about that. And the police said uh, that it, they were still all within their guidelines. I don't know how why the police said that like no press no charges was being pressed or anything like that but they that were is like, because from the very gate in this stupid waste of a state um the precautions that have been set down have essentially been like asking you to wear a seatbelt if you feel like it sometime between morning and night if you yeah. feel like it yeah, just at, at the at a whim, you know, on the off chance, if you want to be courteous to other people, you can cover your face, and you know, it just the sheer lengths to which one has to go to try to find sanity in this state. You know, it's you almost have to run screaming down the street, just you know, trying to find any human being who might look at you crossways, because most of the time, like, oh yeah, that guy's on fire, okay, and just go on about their business. Yeah. I, 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 when I was working and one of the night people came in on Monday night, he literally was like, aren't you glad that our, we have the country back in our control? And I literally was like, I don't want to talk about this. I, I don't. You're I, like, I'm, I don't make a pizza. You're like, yeah. I will throw hot cheese all over your face, neck and chest. And for the first time in my life, it won't be sexual. <laughs> he's, he's the same person that I tried explaining who the alt-right was. And he's like, that makes no sense. The fascists were Democrats. And I'm like, okay, then I this isn't gonna. I'm done. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Uh huh. And then I immediately went to making pizzas and ignored. Oh, it. <laughs> I tap out. I <laughs> See just ya. Can't. Like, no, no, no. It's a so sh- pass. Gone. <laughs> Bruh. Oof. Etc. Uh, Not hungry. So thanks. Shane, Shane, what happened to you? Yes, I don't. I don't know. Talking into a glass, John. Um, <laughs> So I have been coming into work because we have a collection of high school, uh, not high school. We have a collection of um, elementary and middle school teachers who have artwork up throughout the building. So they collect art from all of their art classes throughout, you know, the <laughs> school district that's associated with my campus. And so they have a bunch of elementary school students. It's boy, it nailed my. Oh no, no, I didn't know that. So I didn't know that there was actual school districts associated with actual campuses. So that's, well, I that's mean, what it it's was... they're in close proximity, so it's oh, okay. easy for us to grab them and have them on display oh, here. Oh, so. okay, okay. Well, I I, so, I just asked because like we has they have. I'll censor it. I don't care. Fuck you, future me. Uh, they here's have, a question. Can you find a doctor to help you get your foot out of your mouth? Because, I mean, it's it's going to be a painful surgery. I understand. They have their own elementary and high schools. Yes. And, and that's what I thought you were talking about. So that's why I was a little confused. And then you said yeah. associated. So so essentially, the, the school district grabs all of the elementary and middle school art teachers. And they all bring in artwork from all their classes. And they have it on display in our library, which is really cool. They get to come to campus. They get the you know joys of being in involved with the university then you know the college students get to see these high school kids artwork which is not middle school and elementary school kids long story short too fucking late the teachers want to collect this artwork because we got it and put it on display before the world went to cheese 
And then, you know, since we're at the end of the semester, they want to try to get the artwork back to the kids so that they have it and it doesn't just get caught in a blender somewhere. Well, shouldn't the kids have been more careful with their belongings if they really cared about them? I mean, you'd hope so. Because there's a mother looking to scrapbook this shit somewhere that should have extolled the virtues of memories and nostalgia to their small child, apparently. That shit should have been on the refrigerator two months ago. I don't know why it's still in your fucking library. Tell you Uh, what. So... We have now a three-day time frame to get all of these teachers to come in and collect their stuff. Now, having working with someone who works with middle schoolers continually, I knew what I was getting into from the moment that I said, okay, I would be here for this. So I now have for two hours a day on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this week, I have to just sit out at our loading dock and wait for people to come up so that I can bring them into the building, let them go upstairs, get the artwork, and then come back down to me. And so for those who do not know our dear beloved Sam, and this is not me intentionally maligning her because oh, we all do this to each other. God. Well, if she, do, if they don't know who Sam is, they haven't been listening to any of the past episodes. Certainly not. <laughs> Sam will walk four miles, cut her wrists, and then do a somersault to avoid talking to somebody that she doesn't know. Rather than just walk up and talk to them. I mean, she'll do anything humanly possible to avoid actually having a conversation with somebody she doesn't know. To the point that she will then start to, in what she thinks now is a clever way, a passable way of trying to goad all the rest of us into doing it. So the bit has now just become that all of us disavow knowledge and just like, yeah, you go talk to him. Go talk to the guy that runs the sound. And she's like... Why can't you go talk to him? Cause All right, I'm busy. Gonna, I I have a um I got a um I'm bleeding out of my vagina. That's the thing that happens, and I have to go take care of that right now. So it's like, oh, so I okay. Well, when you're done with that, you go talk to him. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm finishing it. So it's just it she will come has up brought with me joy. Uh, anything <laughs> she can say. Now imagine about forty of those. <laughs> who I now have to corral like cats on fire. So we have a loading dock that accesses our building, which is the easiest way to go in. Instructions were apparently sent to these individuals. Go to the loading dock. And the first day, none of them went to the loading dock. They all, you know, saw that it's a loading dock. They have to drive down. It's at like a (sighs) 30-degree incline. And they refused to drive their cars down it because apparently that's intimidating. Where I'm like, dear God, Uh, if you were in San Francisco, you'd just kill yourself. I was was about to say the same thing. That is the only time in my life I've been scared to be in a car is in San Fran. Yeah, it's and like I grew up like in Havasu, there are routinely hills and driveways that are at least a 60 degree angle. It's terrifying. Like I had to back down somebody's driveway that was at an angle like this, which for the listeners, you're not going to see it. But yeah, that was probably 70 degrees. degrees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So he's basically holding up like his hand like stop. Almost vertical, basically. Yeah. It terrified the hell out of me, and I actually had to move the guy's uh, mailbox in order to get off because I couldn't go. It's not even a straight back up. It curved. So I'm trying to do this at an angle in a stick shift automobile. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep from stalling out and just back down the thing. It no. was one of the worst experiences of my life. So yeah. I, I don't mock anybody for having those feelings. Don't but again. You. They would have probably driven 20 miles to avoid driving or backing. And then some of them pulled out and tried to back down the thing in order to get – I was like, you're not loading in industrial equipment. You're picking up children's artwork. Like, you can just park wherever you want. And then they boxed each other in. 
and we had to wait for people to coordinate and come back out. And then a guy tried to back a truck in and parallel park between two cars that would not fit the truck. Man. And he almost scraped the car in front of him and then was trying to do like the Austin Powers game of inches, <laughs> like bop, 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 bop. So this is all this is happening. And finally today I got about halfway through and things were going at a pretty decent clip and I'm moving people in and out. And I'm like, cool, cool. This is going to be great. The sheer like disparity of age and experience between these folks, because you have some folks with an exorbitant amount of tattoos, you know, girls that are in their mid-20s wearing stuff. Like these are teachers, mind you, walking into the building with booty shorts on where I'm like, if I can see the bottom of your ass cheek, you're an educator. Like, I know Educate we're all me, on our, our private time here, but dear mm. God. And then there's like an 80-year-old woman walking up with the, the you know, blue hair. <sighs> and Don't so, educate me, please. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm sure she could teach you something when she took her teeth out. So, Always. It's a bucket list item. Yes. She can, <laughs> she can make you some poutine. And so finally I get through the mid-shift and a couple of the older women walk out. And it's a an older, probably like mid-60s woman and a helper who is helping her to kind of carry some of these things. This woman dropped her keys down the loading dock. Fuck yes. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. Oh, yes. I'm glad it makes you happy because <laughs> yeah. then yeah, I had to spend to 25 it. minutes trying to figure out how to get her fucking keys out of the mechanism because it's one of those giant extending ramps that trucks have to engage in so she's over there and i'm trying to help her with a ruler like a yardstick to hockey shoot the thing out from between and there's a giant metal sort of piece at the end so finally i have to look over on the wall go over and engage the mechanism to extend it while this salty wrestling mm -hmm. fan Yes. Uh, then it's like trying to reach her arm in. I'm like, wait for it to extend. Don't remove your arm and sever it at the limb. Like, give me a second. And she's trying to like reach. I'm like, stop reaching I just, into the giant metal device, please. I just feel like there's no pleasing you. I mean, like, it's either you want, <sighs> you can't have them dismembered and you can't have them struggling. Like what? What? What do you want? Here's the thing: <laughs> if I could have killed the woman outright at this point, I may have thought about it. Uh, uh, so I'm not yeah. commending. I'm not. I'm not woohooing her dropping it down because it means you have extra work. Right. I'm woohooing it because on my walk in, like the back door at my work, like on the um in the in the parking lot, there is a sewage access point, and the the hub or the lid's been removed for I don't even know how long now. So it's just a bottomless pit like okay. probably slightly bigger than the circumference of a can all right and just oh, big enough okay, that you okay. can drop you could drop something down it and every oh. single time i'm walking into the shop with my keys in hand i pass over it and i think oh that's one more day that i didn't accidentally drop my <laughs> keys into oblivion yeah so it's more like me being like who that didn't happen to me but it's hilarious when it happens to somebody else <laughs> yeah it was it was fun luckily we were able to to get the keys out and uh, save everything from being super tragic but yikes. i just don't know how you're allowed to so there's no children involved because you're not allowed to, to be oh yeah no children yes yeah. it's well due to all the murder <laughs> I really did have a thought through the course of the day, not to get too morbid here, but like as one of the particularly uh, the the underdressed uh, teacher walked in and she was really skittish about me f for some reason, like she was very she could see the hunger. 
apparently. So she's walking in. I'm like, I'm not that guy. I'm years beyond. I'm I'm, I'm much older man now, so I don't care anymore. I, I went on my about time. my business. So, but as she's walking past me, like she's doing that, like you know, really mindful of where I am at all times. And I'm thinking, I'm I'm wearing a mask because I'm trying to be respectful since I've got a girlfriend with lung issues who I'm, you know, so I'm doing full lockdown. I'm wearing gloves. I've got the mask on. I'm doing all this stuff. Good, and good, I was good. like, I was like, you know what? This would be the perfect time to start a murder spree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, if you think about it, because the whole of society is walking around in face masks and gloves. I'm basically just a walking ambiguity murder machine right now. Uh, so, you could get away with almost anything. It's like, well, who did it? It was a big masked guy. <laughs> right. Good luck. I mean, all witness accounts are just going to be shot to shit at this point. So I'm going to start killing people next week. I've decided this is, this is the plan. And just to prove that I do this every episode, uh, clip that. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, birds are lies. Oh, they aren't real. No. And, and no, so aren't. was that statement. I started killing people last week. I'm not going to wait until next week to do that. Yeah, you aren't waiting for everything to open. No, mm-hmm. he's not. He's not just going to do it when it's fashionable. He's going to be a trendsetter. So I'm going to yeah. start by setting up a post at Casa and like, just oh my- randomly <laughs> grabbing people. My God, Shane, that is such a really that's an awesome blood just spatter mask you're that you're wearing. Uh, Thank you're you. enforcing quarantine. Mm-hmm. Enforcing quarantine with my fists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm. I'm a big fan of the the, the mask wearing. Uh, I have mine coming in tomorrow, I think, is when it arrives. I haven't been mm. really out, so I don't haven't really had a need. But my main joy is that finally my mouth will be covered so I can mouth fuck yourself to people <laughs> without them knowing. Uh, oh, you need to have your mouth covered when you do that? <laughs> no, I mean, the only people that I've really mouthed that to are children. Uh-huh. And they're not going to tell because if they do, I'm going to break their tiny kneecaps. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, I just say that outright to children. That's why I can't be around them. Uh, well, that so, and the uh, court order, but yeah. So you're, uh, <laughs> listen, judges are not as lenient in this state as they are in Wisconsin, apparently, if uh, making a murder is to be believed. Oh, uh, Jesus just, Christ. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to reference some other topical stuff, and I'm like, nah, nah, nah we're not doing that. No, no. no. Well, uh, generals. Um, so, what happened to your face, John? Oh. Yeah. Um, Got in a fight with a lawnmower. Oh my god! And you guys, who's sponsored by Manscaped? Michael deep stated my dad joke from last week, but he gets away with this bullshit. (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead, and you can say your joke, John. Just I don't for those who are I don't even remember it. I don't even care anymore. Uh, you were talking about people being sick who were associated with my university, and you said if someone you know were to get that sickness, would it be called a staph infection? Oh. Oh, I stand by it. Yeah, I stand by that joke. All right, I see we go with it. So, uh, oh yikes! Um, Uh, So the official line that I've been using is, "Everything in life is a joke right now." So I've just decided to partake. So I, I I randomly just uh, and 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 Shane, you kind of motivated me. I was like, I haven't been baby faced in a long time, and Mm -hmm. then yesterday I did rock the mustache and. Then it was I, beautiful. Then I saw what I looked like when I wore a hat and glasses with a mustache. And <laughs> if I if I remember what Becky said correctly, it looks like the possibility of you killing somebody 
is very high. <laughs> um, I think it looks like your reservations for a table at Casa were at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think, I don't know if I said it to you guys in the, the chat that I sent it, but I, I was going for the disappointed dad who's an attorney, or uh, an accountant. Like, disappointed accountant dad look. Okay. And, and it was very effective, but every time I saw myself in the mirror, I was like, this is not okay. And the main reason it's not okay is because when I go down to just a mustache, I look more like my father than I am comfortable being. Facts. <laughs> I, uh, I thought you were going to say when you go down on Becky <laughs> with a mustache. No, I mean, I've had a mustache. I mean, the mustache is there for forever, so I mean, I've, yeah. I've collected you know, I was like, going to say, I, I the flavor saver is in full effect. Yeah, mm. left side is for beer suds and right sides are for fun suds. Cut. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that uh, playground near a sewage uh, drain at this point. Yeah. I just thought that God would be a better planner, you know? <laughs> You'd assume. Well, we are now at least 33 minutes into an episode. Well, where, Michael said he wanted this to be a three-hour episode, so we're yeah, trying you to... You know, I was, I was joking. That that wasn't a challenge. So uh, we're no, going to we, get there. To, we might... Uh, I'm glad I cut some Shane's, things out. <laughs> to quote one of Shane's favorite movies, Oblige Him. Uh, indeed. Now, the funny thing is, though, before we get too far afield, I'm going to take from the text conversations... It's funny. We've gotten to the point where... I feel uncomfortable having conversations with you outside of the podcast because I feel like we have so much good material that we need to just save and clip it because, I mean, I don't want to waste good jokes on our real world phenomena if we're not running tape. So as I looked at your picture and then my picture, I was like, we are two thirds of the way into the disinformed podcast brings you Desert Heat <laughs> starring Timothy Lone Cactus and Kenton Eldorado. So now if, all we need is Robert Greer's mustache picture. Because those we look like a bad box for 70s pornography with I, you and me in a mustache. I give you my blessing if you uh because you, you do the cover art for each episode. Yes. If you take your mine and find a picture as a third and make a little collage, I'm okay with it for this week. Okay. Well, we'll we'll find somewhere or, or to... somewhere down the road. Uh, yes, the picture is yours to do with what you want. Hopefully now, I will say, stuff. you and I turning into a country duo called Vicious and Delicious still sounds like a fun touring combination for me. Yeah, and what's real? One, I'm down. Let's let's. I'll I'll bring the mustache back. Because I was about to say, like, that's the beautiful thing. It's gonna mm -hmm. grow back. Speaking of growing back, Shane <clears throat> is back to hundred percent normal, and it's only been a week. Well, it's been two weeks, technically. This is happening I've, to me more I've often than I I've trimmed this already. So, yeah, we're, we're back to me trying to maintain. Yeah. Michael, um, you're looking like Mr. Wilson, so I can't see your facial hair. It is not pretty. You still look I like will... a hobo, yeah. Yes. yes. In yes. fact, you look like Jeremy Corbell's little brother. Uh, ouch. <laughs> you know, Ooh. there's there's lines, and I feel like you finally like gone. Did some? You've crossed one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Out of well, everything else you said, well, this Michael, is the one. You are about twenty five percent more coherent than Jeremy Corbell. That's I not definitely very coherent. feel that. Well, last week I was definitely on that level. Yes. Yeah. Are you this week better? I yes I did not work today. <laughs> I spent most of the day. Actually, I spent most of the day transcribing more uh, my immortal. So mm. I'm now up to chapter seventeen. So um, you are feeling super intelligent. 
oh yeah, I just want to go to Hot Topic and you know shop and I don't fucking know, slip my wrists and choke somebody walk, out, listen to, listen to Lincoln Park and maybe fuck Draco or something. Well, know. hey, we live in Arizona, so I'm pretty sure that Hot Topic is open, so you can probably like go do that <laughs> <laughs> before you get your reservation at Casa. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Oh my immortal. Oh my Satan. Um. Oh my sweet Satan. So we actually do have a topic. Oh wait, do you have something else to say? Are we going to wait until the first hour? I was going to say. I was going to Sigourney segue and say. Well, now that we are already almost forty minutes in, we might as well talk about what you have prepped for us. So there isn't really a specific title to this, but I've been calling it um, based off of the Wikipedia page, uh, the Norwegian heavy water sabotage. So basically you want to talk to us about purification filters. So reverse osmosis is a thing. We know this. That's why we're in a desert right now. You got to make the water forget. That's how you can make it clean. You cannot make the water forget. The water water fucking remembers. It's not the best or exact science, but it's it's getting there. Advances in technology. We're able to do some pretty big damage to that brain. That that, fuck. I was watching. uh, I was watching. Doctor Who this week that has been my new quarantine protocols. I started over with the I recently watched the Eccleston season, so now I'm on the uh huh. So I'm on the uh, Did we have this conversation? We did. We did. Okay. Yep. I wasn't sure if we did on camera or not. Nope. So. so uh we well we were on we weren't on camera, but we did record it. It is on an episode. But <laughs> uh so now I'm into the Donna Noble segment of the Ooh. tenth Doctor, yes. And uh, I'm enjoying it immensely. But in when we were still back in the Rose Tyler uh, initial season with wow. David Tennant, they had the um, I think it was called like school school reunion, where they go into there's a group of aliens that have taken over a school and they are feeding the children uh, chips oh. that are in their own oil. They yeah. uh, they begin the introduction to the Doctor in that episode is him teaching physics to this group of elementary yeah. kids. And he starts by walking in, and I was going to videotape it and send it, because it, it, it reminds me of what it would look like, or it's what I envision Michael teaching would look like, because he walks in and goes, physics, 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 physics. Yeah, okay, so I guess we're going to start. Physics. I, I wish I was that cool. Nah. So, maybe, yeah. maybe when I'm tenured and I don't have to give a shit about, like, convention or anything like that, maybe, but... Don't you mean when you're tenured? Yes. All right. Well, Sorry. There we go. I misspoke. Yeah. My ham fist. So you were saying about, <laughs> about water? Soft water. And... Yes. Bullshit. <laughs> this is me desperately trying to stop Michael from speaking. The water is always hard. Um, so it always remembers. Uh, so essentially the whole idea is I'm going to give you a little bit of a physics lesson. Trust me. It's nowhere near. It's not as complicated as you think, even though we're talking about nuclear fission. Physics, 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 physics. Trust me. It I will explain it like I'm five. I literally sat and thought, I probably put about like five, six hours of effort into this episode. Please don't explain it like you're five. The, Actually, the, the, I, it's going to be. Do the, I, I, was, I was making a Reddit reference because he, John understands the reference. Oh, does he? What's Reddit? Yes. Get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't think that you had the mental acuity of five. I was explaining it like you were five. There's a subreddit called r slash. Don't start. 
Don't start putting explanations on top of your explanations. Jesus Christ. Uh, if we start He wasn't ex- helping. If we start so, exponentially dividing your explanations again, I'm going to put a bullet in my brain okay. on camera. Let's paint the picture and then Michael's going to go down the center lane. So Shane, you and I essentially, we are going to be the bumpers. Okay. And if this is bowling, Michael's topic is the bowling ball and we're going to make sure that it stays within the lane. Okay, we're just going to zigzag it back and forth between us. Wow. I do that once on one episode. <laughs> I do. Gonna, okay, sorry. I'm gonna I do that for differ. I've got at least of the 40 we've done, there is more than one, my friend. Okay. Let's All right, not so... lie to each other here. Uh Well, that's the point. So Yes. And actually, that's a good point, too, as well. There are, because I made sure to write it up at the start, there are five lies. Ah, And also very important for me to point out, since I have neglected in my duties here, for those of you unfamiliar with the premise of the podcast, what we do here is, occasionally, every other episode, we will dive into an esoteric or obscure topic, and we will elucidate that topic to one another and whilst we are explaining said topic it is incumbent upon the two co-hosts not presenting the topic to try to figure out what the lies are that are embedded by the presenter or host of this current episode which is michael so michael is going to talk to us about some hard water here and he's going to lie and we're going to try to figure out what those lies are and according to michael there are count them Five. Five bloody lies. So this is yeah. going to be entertaining. Yes. And I'll even specify about where they are. So I've divided this into three parts, one of which is the basic physics. Won't take long. Uh, the lead up to the main espionage-like mission, and then the espionage-like mission, mm-hmm. which wasn't an actual operation. I just called it the sinking of the SF's, SF uh, Hydro, I believe it was called. Um, yes, yes. Um, so there are two lies before that sinking and three lies during said sinking, just to give you guys as much, because like, Mm. I, I'm quite confident about some of them, not because they're hidden. It's not numbers. I'm not like, oh, it was actually 96 instead of, you know, 66 or something like that. Um, because a little preface, I have been listening to a lot of the older episodes, and I've been trying to uh, learn from those mistakes that I have made. I won't say any other mistakes that other mm. people made because I won't. I won't. I'm, well, it's, I'm... it's mainly because I don't care and I won't learn. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, with that in mind, I have a sinking um, feeling. <laughs> yes. I, uh, stay hooked on that feeling. It'll keep you afloat. We'll all float down here. Um. So, how the concept is? Uh... Of... No, let it go. I'm bumper one. To Don't bumper hold it two. back anymore. Don't hold it back anymore. Um, okay. The concept of nu- <laughs> the concept of nuclear fission is actually not that old, uh, especially when we're looking with the time that we're actually talking about, which is World War II. Um, a man by the name of Enrico Fermi, who was Italian, an Italian uh, physicist, his he originally like I came up with. Well, he toyed with the idea while he was bombing um, bombarding uranium with neutrons in 1934 okay not bombing bombarding fuck me this is gonna be fun okay so 
the I, the evidence of nuclear fission was discovered four years later. Okay, so this was 1938, so right before World War II. Okay, and when we actually because I want to do like more parts about World War II and specifically the physics physicists and stuff um, that occurred around this time. So we'll see Enrico Fermi in uh, in later episodes. Mm. Um, but also the whole idea is that 1938 was uh, about when different countries were starting to instead of publish their research for everyone to see they were being more secretive especially when dealing with stuff that had particular weapons grade um you know uses to it specifically uranium okay um news of that discovery of nuclear fission which i will discuss in a minute Mm -hmm. uh spread quickly among physicists and it was realized that if chain reactions could be controlled fission could be a great source of power um Or if the chain reaction could not be controlled, it can lead to something of an explosive quality, ergo a bomb. So, jumping into the physics, nuclear fission is a physical phenomenon wherein an an atom with a large mass, so when we talk about atomic mass, it's protons and... Yeah. yeah. It's... (laughs) So, I I don't know why... Yes... Uh, especially uranium is like four C's here. Can you describe We're this as about. like two people in a relationship rather than an atom? Uh, I can explain it in terms of like an orgy. So if you think of a proton, uh, which is a positive particle, and a neutron, which is a neutral molecule, or whatever, mm-hmm. molecule, at particle, whatever. Um, essentially, an atomic weight, an atom is built, the center of an atom, the nucleus is built up of those. So when they interact, you can think of it as like sex or something. Like I don't dicks care. and pussies? Sure. Okay. Whatever helps you sleep at night. I can see why you um, enjoyed Immortal uh, if this is, you know, the way that you look at sort of romantic material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what he jacks off to. Oh, Draco. Oh, oh. Be oh. be my neutrally charged particle. <laughs> he put his thingy in my you know what, and we had sex. No, this is actually helping um, my comprehension. So yeah. good. So essentially, all atoms are made up of protons and neutrons at the center. Yes. Uh, when you get a lot of them together, so the heavier elements like uranium, lead, well, everything after lead in the periodic table, so radium, etc., um, they become unstable. Okay, and they can undergo fission where they split into smaller pieces. So think of it as like uh, those chocolate oranges that people like. I like them. Uh, they're what? Why are you Why are you smiling? No, I just really like when you like things. So, Oh, no, I was, I was talking about Shane. He was about ready to, to laugh or say something probably derogatory I'm, I'm desperately just trying bumpers. to bumpers yeah I'm, we're, we're working to fine. keep you going here it's, fine okay all right well I, I i was trying to explain it like john yes, was five we got it okay chocolate so, orange so five they can and like you help. can break a piece off of the chocolate orange and yes yes yeah. okay. okay so the this act of fission not fusion fission yes uh releases a lot of energy because the the act of keeping stuff together of holding stuff together it takes a lot of energy to hold things together right, right. Like, you can even think of it as, like, if you hold two magnets that are together, like, it takes a lot of energy and effort to do that. And when you release them, then it releases a lot of energy, okay? Um, And that's the whole idea of why radioactive elements are so dangerous. Because even a small amount of them, um, they're constantly undergoing fission and producing a lot of 
photons, which is the radioactive element, radiation, etc. Okay. Um, the easy way that I'm picturing it is like something coming into the atmosphere. So you think of like an asteroid that has its own central structure as it's coming in. If it's catching fire, the pieces of it that are breaking off are also on fire. So each one of those things is a destructive element in and of itself. And if, you know, so the act of it breaking up helps to dissipate some of the energy at Mm -hmm. the same time, all of those things still are deadly in and of themselves. So yeah, that's an apt metaphor. I like it. Or analogy, metaphor, I don't know which. We'll but play yeah. it either way. Yeah, no, okay. that's that's an apt description. I like that. I'm with you. Um, So this wasn't necessarily explored at the time, the idea of how dangerous radioactivity was. Um, and you can look up uh, the person that kind of discovered uh, radioactivity, uh, Mary Curry, and then I don't remember her husband's name, but they were essentially like that. Their research into radioactivity concerning radium, uh, you can't actually physically touch their papers because they're still so radioactive. And it um, caused them to die from having researched it, right? Because they were not protected as they were doing so. Yes. Right. Um, you can even, even physicists around the time of World War II, um, a lot of them died of some sort of, sort of cancer. Um, I'll list four here. Uh, Irene Julie, uh, this is French, so I'm going to butcher it. Julio Curry, Curry, yeah, yeah, Curry. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, sure. Um, that was Marie Curry's uh, daughter. Okay. Um, she died of a of leukemia. Enrico Fermi, the person I mentioned earlier, he had stomach cancer. Richard Feynman, my idol, who I'll eventually talk about at some point, he died of a form of cancer called. Lipsosarcoma, which is a cancer of the fat cells in the soft tissue, and Albert Einstein died of brain cancer. Okay, so that that what what Einstein dying of cancer? Yeah, yeah. Damn! Oh, I'm proud. No, I'm proud. You and I I were on the same wavelength there, Watkins. Because both of our eyebrows peaked at the same time. Was like. You're, no, that was that was, that well, was he good. Was a, he was a patent clerk, so I don't think he would have been functioning around uranium. <laughs> yeah, and but... life life is ironic, but not that's not also that a ironic. good point. Yeah. yeah, okay. I I wanted I wanted to drive that point home. Uh, home. No, he died of an uh, abdominal aortic aneurysm, and I practiced saying those words over and over again to make sure I can sure just I said see right. you manically in your just dirty, dirty bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> abdominal aortic stabbing <laughs> As you brush off, like, Um, one of the creatures that crawl out of your shower drain. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's not that dirty. But uh, I wanted to say the brain cancer because when Albert Einstein died, uh, the person that was performing the autopsy removed his brain without consulting his family um, because he wanted to examine what made him intelligent over everyone else. Okay. Um, So, essentially, he had, like, two PBRs, and he's like, yeah, well... I've How got the means. Fuck did he work? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. No, it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Django. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> if you studied the impressions made in the skull by Mister Einstein's brain, you can surmise that he was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the rate of this radioactive decay, or fission in our case, increases drastically when an atom captures a nearby neutron, especially an energetic neutron. Um, however, if it's like, Jimmy Neutron, would it be very energetic? Got a blast. Yes. Well <laughs> That's what I say all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tom Segura, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, however, like the difference in uh, trying to catch a bullet or a butterfly, the speed or energy of said neutron makes a difference. If a neutron is highly energetic, as is the case during a 
fission event, uh, then it's less likely that a nearby animal will catch it, right? However, if there is some sort of material, a moderator, if you will, something that moderates, right, um, that steals the energy from the neutron without absorbing it itself, it will slow down the neutron, making it easier for the radioactive atom to capture it and undergo fission itself, okay? So that is the that is honestly the basic physics of it. Things that are quote-unquote radioactive can are not necessarily stable, and they can break down into smaller atoms, releasing a lot of energy. Uh, they can also capture neutrons, which will accelerate that process, but they need to be slower neutrons, or else the chance of them being caught is reduced. Um, and that's where heavy water comes in. Heavy water is actually known as a great uh, moderator. So what it does is the neutron will bounce off the heavy water molecules, uh, and it, the neutron itself will lose a lot of energy in this process. And the water will remember. Mm-hmm. And hold and a grudge. And it will slow down, and the uh, radioactive material will catch it. Think right? of it so, like, uh, you know, the what we call it, the I forget what it's called, the, the gel that you utilize, ballistics jelly that they use to slow yes. down bullets. Yes, exactly. That yeah. exact same idea in, in that it's trying to prevent the... Yeah, yeah. So that is actually how we can achieve a chain reaction in some methods of uh, producing energy. If one atom undergoes fission and produces, say, three individual neutrons, but none of them are captured by surrounding atoms, nothing happens. But if for every event like that, uh, one or two neutrons get captured by uh, nearby atoms, and then they undergo a fission event, we get a chain reaction. Okay? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so um, the only other thing that I will mention is the idea of heavy water. So heavy water, or water in itself, is H2O, right? Two hydrogen, one oxygen. Okay, simple enough. Now, there is an isotope. Do both of you know what an isotope is? It's the Springfield baseball team. That is actually true, and it's actually named for the same reason, since it's around a nuclear power plant and Ah. all that stuff. Yes. Um, An isotope is essentially the same kind of element, but just has different number of neutrons in it. So it's the number of protons that kind of dictate what element you're looking at. Um, But it can have different forms of uh, different numbers of neutrons. That's why you can, if you maybe have heard carbon 14 and carbon 12, stuff like that. Essentially, you can add more neutrons to an atom uh, and it might make it more radioactive or more unstable, right? Which is where the fission comes from. Now, there is a a form or an isotope of hydrogen called deuterium. It's essentially, instead of a proton, which is a hydrogen, it's a proton and a neutron. Okay. Okay. That extra neutron just apparently makes it more able to moderate neutron stuff, essentially. So, dumbing it down. Science. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the filter I'm hearing all this through. (laughs) German. Yes. Um, so speaking of German, Bless when you. Nazi Germany, thank you, uh, when Nazi Germany investigated the production of an atomic bomb, a range of options was identified. Um, I won't bore you with the details of the other options, well, only because I I just don't want to give you more. Uh, step one was find the spear of Longinus and then use that to stir up all the particles, and then they could run with that. Mm. That sounds like the plot of an Indiana Jones movie. Or I, uh, I don't think uh, Hellboy or the Constantine shoot. film. Actually, that was the plot of the Constantine film. Was the pursuit oh. for the Spear of Longinus? So I don't recall that. That's interesting. Long, I, I love that movie. A long Longinus. 
So the, um, the Spear of Longinus, for those unfamiliar, since I might be speaking to someone yeah, who's not a Reformed Catholic give me, here. Give me the Bible lesson. It is I'm, the I'm, I'm, spear I'm that was purported to have pierced Christ's side as he was dining, and then it turns it into a sick—dining? Uh, Did I say when he was dining? Yeah, yes. when he went to Applebee's after when he was... reopened in Arizona. <laughs> Christ went up to Casa and hung out with a bunch of people because he's like, I can cure all you motherfuckers, it's fine. And someone stabbed him because he's like six feet, fucker. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to cure the kid with cancer, but he is going to save the dumb frat boy with COVID. So, <laughs> Jesus. So it was the spear that pierced the side of a dying Jesus Christ. And as such, it became a sacred relic afterwards. And like the Ark of the Covenant and other things that are purported to have a spiritual energy in them, the Spear of Longinus apparently, according to that film, would make the person who has it... Uh, how should we uh i just totally very lost the word. horny yes it'll yep. make you so horny you'll fuck everything that moves no you're basically son of a bitch i cannot come up with the word for this you're impervious to everything you're immortal you you can Invulnerable. be killed thank you there we are so, i got you long story short on late. the other side yeah good i'm okay. this is the joys of me dealing with teachers what do you know i got another one talking to me right now so my poor brain just Sorry. Um, Let's do it. So the Germans. If, yes, yeah. I, I, I will mention, though, that if uh, there is enough interest in said topic of other options, I can repurpose an old script from a previous podcast to make it more fun and interesting, and I can present that later. Okay. But anyway, um, the chosen the approach that they chose was to make plutonium-39, right? Uh, 239, fuck. Uh, plutonium to make weapons great plutonium. Yes, okay? and uh you know, you could build a bomb out of used pinball machine parts like Doc Brown. That is you canon. Just... Well, you also need um uranium from the Libyans, which is how he got in the hole. No, the plutonium is what he got from the Fuck, Libyans. Fuck, you're right. Yes. The plutonium. You don't just walk down the street to a store and buy plutonium. <laughs> like totally. But anyway, so you can't just like I mean, that's a good point. You can't just go out and buy plutonium. You have to make it from uranium. Okay. So heavy water was had if been you demonstrated. Do, you'll clean it up. Hopefully. Um, heavy water at this point had been d- demonstrated as an effective like moderator for producing plutonium. Okay. Okay. A heavy water, uh, I don't need to say that. It. I will say, in normal water, there is only one deuterium atom for every 6,400 hydrogen atoms. So essentially, heavy water is very, very rare. Okay. There is only, at this point in time, during World War II, um, there was only one place that was really, that specialized, okay, so there is a, I'm trying to find the best way to word it. In normal water, there is only one deuterium atom for every 6,400 hydrogen atoms. As you've just said. An analysis of residues from the Vermork hydroelectric plant, which is a plant specializing in creating ammonia, located near the town of Rijuken, Norway. Okay. It showed a hydrogen to deuterium ratio of 48. So when you go from wow. 6,400 to 48, yes, you can um, create more deuterium molecules through the process that creates ammonia. Now, the, and, the general process here is that they are creating heavy water. They're not just finding it out in the world. They're, yes. Okay. They're synthesizing yes. it. It is a byproduct of the process that they would use to make 
ammonia. ammonia. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I'm with you. Yes. Yes. So they um, once they figured that out, they actually expanded the um, plant to start producing heavy water for scientific purposes. All right. Okay. And that is that is the extent of the science. And if okay, we've proven anything about the Germans and the military industrial complexes, they will do that a lot. Yes. So, French re uh, I already mentioned that. So French research fuck, French <laughs> research also figured out that plutonium was very or heavy water was very useful for for plutonium purposes. So, um, the French military intelligence in um, 1940, before the invasion, uh, directed agents to remove the water supply from this plant because this was the only plant in the world that produced heavy water mm-hmm. in Norway. Wow. Okay? Yes. Um, the, the plant, which was owned by a company called Norsk Hydro, okay, um, the general director of that company agreed to lend the heavy water to France for du- the duration of the war. Wow, I, I the strokes. Noting that if Germany had won the war, he would probably be shot. Now, when they say they're going to lend it to them, so they're taking heavy water. They are now trying to you know synthesize plutonium, and then they're just going to send it back to Norway. Like, here's your water back. So the whole idea was that French intelligence just wanted to make sure that Germany didn't get their hands on it. Right. Um, Germany had originally reached out to the plant before the invasion to try and purchase all the heavy right, water right. before. Um, the plant refused, um, even after asking, because they asked the German scientists what they were using it for, and they said, we're not telling you. So he was like, no. All so right. then when- I, I was more, I think, quibbling with the... Uh... Oh. I was focusing on the the word loan, and I don't know why, but they oh. decided they would loan them the water or lend them the water for the duration. The other place that I had read it, because I got my um, information from two sources, one Wikipedia and one uh, a book, which they're both in the show notes. Gotcha. They'll be shown. Um, the other one was that they were selling the water to France for no money. They were essentially giving it to them. All so right. probably in the contract it was a lend, but whatever. Yes, yeah. Because I did think that was a little weird. It's like, uh, you know, this is a used thing. It's not, you know, a reoccurring substance. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, you can just give us the spoils. It's like, yeah, we want to lend you our condoms. Right. Just send it back when yeah. you're done. And, you know, a lot of those northern European countries weren't as embroiled in the activity because they have, you know, a little body of water separating them, which you'd think that would have lent Great Britain a little more assistance, but not the case. Anyway, we have digressed. Yeah. I'm sorry. So go no, on. you're fine. So the so Germans had reason to get their dander up. Yes. Uh, and France got the water. They were able to transport it out of Norway to Scotland, and then back to France, which, considering what happens later on in the year of 1940, is a little awkward. Okay. So, Norway was invaded in April 1940. Norse Hydro, specifically that plant, was a prime objective during the war, um, and there was heavy fighting around that town, the town of Rijuken. Um, it was the last town in southern Norway to surrender, uh, which surrendered about a month later in May. Okay. And this was, they were invaded by the Germans. Germans, yes. The German, oh, yes, 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 sorry. No, you're fine. For those that aren't 100% certain with the history, uh, in 1940, Germany pretty much invaded everywhere that, like, even thought about 
like was in spitting distance of Germany. Just on the off chance someone got confused and thought the French started invading anything other than a, you know, baguette shop. Yeah, exactly. So in that year, they invaded Denmark, which I also have a cool story about that I'll say in another episode Mm -hmm. involving another Danish uh, physicist. Um, I love Danish. They're very tasty. Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, That they also invaded Norway. They also invaded uh, France. Uh, Okay. Amongst many, Um, many other places. Yes, but specifically in this time. Yes. uh, At uh, April and May 1940. Okay. So. Uh, when France was invaded, which was later in May, so May 1940, uh, the French nuclear scientist Frederic, Frederic, Julio Cori, the husband to the aforementioned Irene that I mentioned earlier, okay. um, took charge of the heavy water and originally hid it in a vault and then moved it to a prison. He then later moved it to a Bordeaux. Bordeaux? Bordeaux. 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 Yes. Yes. Where it research papers and yes, and most of the scientists that were involved with the whole heavy water nuclear program in France, they boarded a uh, ship, a British ship, and fled during the Dunkirk invasion, which is essentially when when France when the France French lines bent (sighs) bent fell. This is where the idea that French always French oh fuck France <laughs> always surrenders. Yes. Man, these uh, are some pretty wide bumpers. <laughs> when the lines broke, they broke hard. Yes, and there was a massive evacuation in the northern part of France, I'm where some two hundred thousand people fled. I'm so turned on right now. Massive evacuations. Yes. Mm. Okay, so invasion efforts. All right, so. In October of 1942, so this is the first operation, Operation Grouse, okay? Mm. The Combined Operations Headquarters, so I assume the Allies, uh, began operations to destroy the Vermork plant, okay? There were two operations. First, Operation Grouse would drop a number of Norwegians in the area as an advance force, okay? When they were in place, a party of British engineers would be landed by military glider to attack the plant itself in Operation Freshman. Okay? On 1914... Oh, 1944. October 19th, 1942, not 1492... Since they had to ski a long distance to the plant uh, from their drop point in the wilderness, I think it was something uh, 200 plus miles. I was going to say, we have um, to bring Norwegians to Norway. We got to bring yes, sand to the beach. They <laughs> had to be trained in Britain. Yes, because they're a part yes. of this. Yes, British operations. Yeah, yeah. There's your hole in the logic. I retconned it. No. Um, Considerable time was allotted for Operation Grouse. The British were suspicious because the Norwegian team were delayed in contacting them. Um, they had been dropped at the wrong place, however, and had gone off course several times. Imagine the secret that. Question, yes. Um, the secret question, which was sent over radio, I assume they didn't specify, uh, was, what did you see in the or- early morning of that day? The Grouse team replied, three pink elephants. 
The British were ecstatic at the success of this operation, and the next phase of the operations began. So they were ecstatic that these people were delivered to the wrong place, got turned around, severely confused, showed up, and then finally got the appropriate log line of, we saw three pink (laughs) elephants this morning, and that got them excited. Yes. Something to be said for British intelligence, I suppose. When, you, when you're grasping yes. at straws, any straw will do. Yes. yes. When you're mm, being indeed. bombed mm. back to the Stone Age on a nightly basis, I imagine you're not really making <laughs> rational decisions. Man. Um, on... <laughs> what the fuck was that? Um, that was we're, a... We're on a hateful uh, eight tear here. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, on October... Or, fuck. On 19th... I'm reading the so I should have like restructured it and writ it uh wrote the dates how Americans write them. Yes. Where it's month, date, year right. because they're recorded as date or as day, month, year. And this is why you're on, not narrating my immortal right now. Oh no, I listened to my <laughs> reading of the worst fan fiction earlier this morning and I'm like, I'm so glad I made Shane do that. He's uh, making it more interesting. Anyway, um on the nineteenth of November, nineteen forty two, Operation birthday. Fresh Wait, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey. not oh, 1942. Sweet. No, no but he I... was born in 42. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I'm 87 years old. Believe it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Operation Freshman followed with a planned glider born land. Wow. A planned glider born landing on a frozen lake near the plant. So essentially, a military um, glider is a like extra plane that doesn't necessarily have an engine. Um, so it's it's like a glider. It's attached to a bomber that is just like. Sent to location, right? Uh, two gliders to- towed by bombers took off from Scotland. Um, let's see. One of the bombers crashed into a mountain, killing all seven aboard. One of the- its glider cast off, but also crashed nearby, resulting in several casualties. Uh, the other bomber arrived, but was thrown slightly off course because the radar for ground to air was um, it had failed. Uh, they the pilot decided to abort the operation and was returning to base when the glider um, broke off from the bomber. The glider crash landed um, near the site of the other glider, um, killing and injuring several more people. Uh, the Norwegians who were waiting for the British to return, uh, they were unable to reach the crash sites in time. Uh, the survivors were captured by the Gestapo. Who were tortured and then executed. Um, the unsuccessful raid alerted the Germans to Allied interest in their heavy water production, um, can, and so beefed up security. Can I can I take a pause here and yes. say how incredulous I am about that entire series of events that yeah. you just described? Are you, are you going to call bullshit? I'm calling bullshit, but there's so much of it that it's almost impossible to pick out a spot that seems like the rational place to poke. So It's all true. Okay, well, stranger than <laughs> I, fiction, as they say. I wanted to add this because all I can think of while reading it was just a giant... Oof. And again, points to the fact that the Brits were so ecstatic that they got the right fucking phrase and then proceeded to crash everything. <laughs> and burn. Everything. <laughs> the um, surviving Norwegian grouse team had a long wait in their mountain hideaway, subsisting on moss and lichen <laughs> until they captured a reindeer just before Christmas. A reindeer. And, okay. Yes, yes. Because reindeer are native to the Scandinavian region. Right, right. And just in case you were going to ask, no, that isn't bullshit either. No. I wanted to yes. keep that in because that was fascinating. Hooray for moss and lichen. 
Yes. So the third operation and the final operation, because the last thing wasn't operated. I was gonna. It wasn't called I was gonna make a John joke. Go for it. Am I being a bad buffer right now, John? No, no, and it's bumper, but no, you are being a good bumper. <laughs> well, I'm a bad buffer, so <laughs> you're a bad mother buffer. Yes, indeed, bad guy. Uh, after they consumed the the lichen, would we call them lycanthropes? No, um, it's I pronounce it lichen, Boo. but it's spelled li- lichen. It's no, it's lichen. It works. Okay, as a, cool. As, yeah. I wasn't. Okay, cool. I'm thank you, John, for booing him because I wasn't sure if that was me just speaking inappropriately or in, incorrectly or him being a. It's a bad. It's a, a bad joke. pun. It was when it's is a it dad, never? Bad joke. They're always bad puns. It was better than the staff infection joke. I will give you that. Uh, but don't condemn me with faint praise, John. <laughs> Uh, Michael, anyway, please continue slogging through. So, Operation Gunnerside. British authorities, aware that the Grouse team was still operational, probably because they weren't British, uh, decided to mount another operation with them. Mm. On the night of the 16th of February, 1943, an additional six Norwegian commandos were dropped by parachute because they learned their lesson with the gliders. They landed successfully and found the grouse team after a few days of searching on cross-country skis. The combined team made final preparations for their assault, scheduled on the night of the 27th through the 28th of February. Now, this is all a group of commandos that are from Norway that are being trained by the British and then dropped back into Norway. Yes. And the Brits are unfortunately killing all their own people and saving the Norwegians. Yes. All right. After the failed freshman attempt, Germans had placed mines, floodlights, and additional guards around the plant. Like you do. Yes. Um, Although the mines and lights remained in place, security at the plant had weakened over the winter because this was several months prior. And see, all of this could have been averted if you send one communique to the Russians and say, hey, could you spare us a couple of those night witches? Because they seem to be a great deal more effective than any of the British attacks. Plus, they have lights already installed, so they're basically just begging for the night witches to come hit them. Right. Um, A bridge spanning a... So, essentially, because you can picture Norway as just having a bunch of fjords and just mountainous as fuck and everything, that is the case here. Mm. Um, There is a bridge spanning a deep ravine, uh, about 660 feet, um, above a nearby river. Okay, That was the road leading into the plant. That was fully guarded, okay? The force decided to descend into the ravine, ford the icy river, and climb the steep hill on the far side. The winter river level was very low, and on the far side, where the ground leveled, they followed a single railway... Fuck, I was doing so well. Followed a single (laughs) railway track straight into the plant without encountering any guards. So they were only guarding the bridge, not anywhere else around it. So that was bravo. Now, the if it's a winter river, you'd assume it would have been frozen, right? Or is this still running? That's um, innocuous. It really doesn't make any point. I'm just, you know, curious because you think it'd make it a little easier. It's like a fording river. I think river. it was frozen. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain. No, not I'm that just, it matters. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, you're good. Um, so even before the original Operation Grouse... Um, the special operations executive had a Norwegian agent 
in the plant who had supplied detailed plans and schedules. Mm. Okay. The demolition party used this information to enter the main basement by a cable tunnel and through a window. The only person that they encountered in the plant was a Norwegian caretaker named Johansson. Johansson? Jo- Johansson. Johansson. Yes. Yeah. Who was very willing to cut cooperate off Johansson. Johansson! Uh, except for that was German, not, you know, Norwegian, but whatever. Um, he was very willing to cooperate with him. The saboteurs? Yes. Sorry, I had to be... I had to... Every little victory needs to be celebrated, apparently. Yes. Yeah. The saboteurs then placed... Ex- <laughs> Then place explosive charges on the heavy water electrolysis chambers, essentially the the purification part of the factory, and attach a fuse which allowed sufficient time for their escape. In an attempt to avoid reprisals, which actually will be important later on, a Thompson submachine gun was purposefully left behind to indicate that this was the work of British forces and not the local Norwegian resistance. Oh, I thought they would have thrown up, like, you know, gang tags on the walls, you know, like the uh, have the corpse holding up nine fingers like this was Sons of Anarchy. They uh, they actually left behind some tea and crumpets uh, um, and a top hat. Milk and a saucer. And they <laughs> spray-painted the Union Jack on the walls as they left. Oh, that would have been... <laughs> They, they said uh, Winston was here on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, wankers. Um, when the fuses were lit, the caretaker became worried about his spectacles, which were somewhere in the room. Uh, during the war, new eyeglasses were nearly impossible to obtain. Uh. A frantic search ensued uh, with the fuses counting down. With the last possible moment, the glasses were found and everyone escaped the resulting detonation on harm. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about to say. Johansson, the only, you are the caretaker here. The only actual difference, for, the only deviation is that um, the caretaker became worried about his spectacles before the fuses were lit. Okay. I was going to say, you, I've, there is no way a bunch of these Norwegians are standing around going like, Johansson, we let you go look for your glasses, but this is going to blow. <laughs> Just be quick. <laughs> Where did I put um, those fuckers? I'm trying. Yes, but if that did happen, it just the the fuses weren't counting. The down. difficulty of trying to find your glasses when you have fucked up vision and you don't have your glasses to help you. <laughs> Somebody help me find my glasses. It's like the uh, worst Mission Impossible intro sequence <laughs> ever. Just him fumbling around. That's why I wanted to add it. I'm like, this is such. Uh, it's it's uh, it's almost like a bad comedy, like Inglorious Bastards ba, or something. Ba, I just ba, had to make ba, it more ba, funny. Ba. Where are my glasses? Uh, exactly. Da, da, Where are my glasses? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Fuck it. That's uh, anyway. The uh, as you could tell, the raid was considered successful. Ah. The entire inventory of heavy water uh, produced during the uh, German occupation was destroyed with equipment critical to the operation of the hydrolysis chambers. Um. Although three thousand German soldiers were dispatched to the to search the area for the commandos. Uh, all escaped. Five skied 250 miles to Sweden, two proceeded to Oslo, which is the capital of Norway, and four, one of whom we will see in a moment, remain in the region for further resistance work. They skied 250 miles? Yep. That's a lot of mountain. Mm-hmm. Cross country. That's kind of how they got here, uh, got there originally. Jesus. Or at least some of them did. God yeah. bless those cross country. Now, I mean, the more important and salient point to, to bring up here is what would happen with all the people who needed ammonia at this point? Shrugs into the camera. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, continue. 
Um, so the attack halted production for several months, although it did not permanently damage the plant. Ah. Um, it was it was repaired by April. Okay. Um, the SOE, the Special Operations Executive, concluded that a repeat commando raid would be extremely difficult since German security was considerably improved. As you should, you'd as hope should be. after two attacks, <laughs> one of them considering a successful bombing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost as soon as production resumed, the U.S. Army Air Force, because the Air Force itself as a separate branch of the military was not established, I did double check mm-hmm. that, um, began a series of raids on Vermork. The plant was repeatedly attacked in November of 1943 uh, by bombing, uh, by several, w- through several bombing raids. Okay. okay. The Germans, convinced that air raids would result in further serious damage, decided to abandon the plant and move its remaining stocks and critical components to Germany in 1944. That was a very clever decision. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe it would be easier if we were guarding it right on our home turf. Uh, The Norwegian Underground reported that decision to British intelligence, who asked the Norwegians to keep watch. Okay. Now, we start the actual thing that I was originally talking about this Really espionage like, taken out of a movie. Like, can't write this shit. Okay. Can't make this well, shit. I am glad okay. that we have survived thus far after all these bombing raids. Yes, and you did find both of the lies that were leading up to it. So, bravo! Hooray! Yes. So, I called this section the sinking of the SF Hydro, which you could tell did happen. Okay. So, on the on February 9th, nineteen forty four, the British learned by clandestine shortwave radio. I know. Yes. I like how you both did the sarcastic clap for that. Um, They learned by the radio that the heavy water would be transported under guard to Germany within a week or two. Not enough warning to prepare and drop in a squad of saboteurs. Um, Knut. Nut. I'm just going to pronounce his name. Nut. K-N-U-T. Newt. Newt. Mostly. Mostly Newt. (laughs) Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Uh, yes. I mostly come in. Newt. Newt. How 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 kill it? I mean, I don't this know. Is how why did I, you kill it? Uh, that's why I the, he will be referenced here on out as Nutbag. Um, <laughs> who, who spent the past year living on the land and organizing future military operations, was the only trained commando in the area except for the radio operator. Nut would have to destroy the heavy water alone with whatever amateur help he could assemble. Mm-hmm. He slipped into Rijuken. I probably am butchering that name. How dirty. Town. Yeah. Let's just go well, ahead I and mean, assume that you're butchering every proper name. Yes. And every word as well. Uh, he slipped into Rijuken at night and met secretly with the new chief engineer at Vermork. Alf Larson. <laughs> Alf. After all these names, it's Alf Larson just it's too plain for me. <laughs> but uh, also, it's Alf, so apparently he's from outer space and eats cats. It is spelled that way. A L F. God bless yes, him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Alf agreed to help, and they discussed several po- possible operations. The heavy water would be transported back to Germany in several dozen drums. Nutt originally thought that sneaking into the facility by himself was the only possible way. He mentioned being snuck into the plant in a large box disguised (laughs) as shipping materials. Once entering the facility, he figured he could sneak in through air ducts and plant explosives on the drums the night before they were transported, setting them to detonate once they were in transport to limit civilian deaths. So he was hoping to bust a nut. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Shane, you know what they say. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes you bust. You bust. <laughs> upon, upon hearing this, Alf, to quote, slapped me upside the head, Nut Raider later wrote, and told me not to be a hero. <laughs> Alf suggested that they instead carry out an attack on the transport, as that would be more sensible. Just because I'm a child, I heard that slap me aside the head and nutted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he slapped his head and then he nut. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Right. Oh, God. Nut and Alf. Um, <laughs> I try not to nut and Alf if I can help it. Just whatever possible. Oh, the low road has no exits. Fuck. <laughs> nut and Alf, joined later by the. V- 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 fuck. <sighs> I'm getting so riled up by the nut now. Uh, well, I understand. It's okay. You know, it's as quite long a as lot. there's no, yeah. as, lo- as long as nut- you don't poutine your nut in Alf, then I think we're fine. Oh, I now nu- I nutted my. You nutted, I okay. My, I I Alf in my nut. Um, poutine nut and Alf joined later by the Vermork transport engineer considered the various stages of the journey. So I pictured this when I was writing out the summary of this as like um. Ocean's Eleven style going over the whole thing. The drums of water would go by train from Rijuken to the head of Lake. Come on. It's a lake. Tinjo. Titicaca. Sounds more Japanese than anyway. Uh, From there, the cars would be run onto a rail ferry to travel the length of the lake, proceeding by train again to the port where they would be loaded aboard a ship bound for Germany. Blowing up the trains would be difficult and bloody since they would be crowded with Norwegian passengers. Nut finally decided to nut. Uh, nut. <laughs> I did that only because he was drinking. He was taking a drink. Almost got me. Nut finally. <laughs> Damn. Nut finally decided to sink the ferry, which also carried the passengers, into the 1300 foot lake. The transport engineer agreed to dispatch the. Uh, heavy water on a Sunday. Oh my God! Stop! <laughs> stop laughing! Why do we have to nut on a ferry? <laughs> also, have you considered that maybe his name is Cut and the N is silent? <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> you know what? For the rest of this, so we can so we can maintain a level of decorum, he will be cut from now on. Just just because? Fuck it! I don't even care anymore. <laughs> No, I can't. I can't even we, handle. No, we nut gotta have nut on a ferry. Come on. Oh, well, you have to finish okay. nut. <laughs> Damn it, Alf. Um, uh, the transport engineer agreed to arrange to dispatch the heavy water on a Sunday morning when the ferry was usually least crowded. The sabotage would certainly mean reprisals on the local population. Cut. Radio nope. British intelligence. No, it's not. It's not. Nut up, motherfucker. Nut radioed British intelligence for permission, emphasizing that his engineer compatriots had questioned if the results were worth the reprisals. Uh, The British answered the same day, saying, No, the corresponding loss of civilian life to the area is not worth the risk. Stand down. Nut decided to disregard the order and lied to his help, saying the British gave permission. Nut began to set his plans in motion. He put on workman's clothes, packed his Sten br- gun, his Sten, fuck, his Sten gun, which is a British SMG, a uh, submachine gun, 
into a violin case. Uh, identified which ferry would make the run on Sunday, February 20th, 1944, the appointed day, and rode it with one eye on his watch. The hydro was flat and barge-like. So, essentially, it has a lot more uh, description on what it looks like. Just picture, like, a giant barge. And let's also just, you know, use this as a time to assert the little-known fact you should never trust a violinist. True. That's actually kind of funny, considering later on. Um, so it reached the deepest part of the lake about 30 minutes after sailing and took about 20 more minutes then, uh, to cross to shallower, shallow, shallower, less deep waters, less deep waters, shamwow. Why I got be such a bitch. Don't do it. Uh, Don't get me started. Me having my stroke. Okay. <laughs> then cross to less deep waters, meaning Canut. <laughs> oh I my thought God, we it's... were going to go to the Cold Stone Queenly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get my nut. <laughs> meaning Nut had a margin of about 20 minutes. <laughs> he procured electric detonators and a clock which combined with sticks of plastic explosive sent to him by the British months prior, built an explosive that would cut a hole in the bottom of the ferry, causing the ferry to sink in less than five minutes. Much longer than that, and the ferry would be able to beach itself, defeating the whole point of the mission. Now, the actual situ- or the actual, like, the execution of the plan. On Saturday, February 19th, Nut and a local compatriot, Rolf slipped into Rijuken to look at their target. Okay, The town was crowded with German soldiers and SS police. An hour before midnight, Nutt and Rolf went over to a nearby bridge and watched the freight train. I actually said that right. Usually I say freight. Freight train. Hey, from the real, bridge, real the quick. Two- I, I have some, some advice for you. When you have a big success, just roll with it. Rolf just with Rolf it? Just Rolf with it. Like... You Why are we trying to nut and Rolf here? I like can't. when you say fright I, I, instead of fright, like internally be like, yeah, bro, I did it. But the moment you say that, now I'm just going to assume that you have to coach yourself. I do. It's how I, it's how I improve myself. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, whatever. I, I'm just saying own your success. Really nut in it. I can't. Really just, roll it. I, Grab it like a cock I, and I nut it. I all over yes. it. What I'm saying is I'm uh, proud of you. Thanks. Now stop. Collaborate. From the bridge. And listen. The two men slipped to a back street where back they met their back, driver. All right. I was hoping to get through Fuck that. Fuck you. Nope. That. It's happening. <laughs> We've stayed mature through a lot of this, and I feel like we're on the t- <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, I've already broken up once, and so at this point, all bets are off. <laughs> stayed mature. Yeah, okay. Um, they met their driver in a car. Um, Nut had arranged with its owner to steal it in the name of the king and return on Sunday morning. They picked up Alf who was prepared to escape Norway to avoid arrest after the work was done. He brought a suitcase of valuables and had come directly from a dinner party where he had heard a visiting concert violinist mention plans to leave on the morning ferry, and Alf had tried unsuccessfully to convince the musician to stay in the area one more day to sample its excellent skiing. Now, I have one question. Yes? 
when you were naming this section, why in you know Satan's holy name did you not call it Alf, Rolf, and Nut go to Rajukin? <laughs> it does have a ring to it. I mean, honestly, no, that's a fair point. I that actually was that sounds a lot more catchy than um, the sinking of the SF, the, the taking of Pelham so. one four three. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get him, Rolf. Which, yeah, exactly. Okay. They picked up... Oh, yeah, I already mentioned that. Um, So he had unsuccessfully tried to convince the musician to stay one more day. Alf then told the musician about the operation, and instead of convincing the musician to not go on the ferry, the musician decided to help instead, accompanying them the rest of the night before continuing onto the ferry the next day. The five people... Nut, Alf, Rolf, their driver, and the musician drove to the lake well past the middle of the night. Rolf and the musician covered Nut while he... (laughs) God damn it. Continue, please. Rolf and the musician covered Nut. (laughs) I mean, you have to give him a second after he nuts. You can't just tell him to continue on after. Good God. Let him recover for a minute. Rolf and the musician covered nut. God damn it. He covered. They covered the Norwegian commando while he went on board of the ferry to scout. The commando heard plenty of voices coming from the crew's quarters, and after listening to a, for some time, determined that a party was going on. Rolf and the musician joined the commando on the deck and eventually found a hatchway leading to the bilges. Before they got the latch, oh, the latch, the hatch open, the fairy watchman had found them. <laughs> Nut quickly told the <laughs> God damn it, what? I think Shane. Uh, I I broke I think, him I there. I think Shane thinks you're saying that to be incendiary, like the fairy watchman, like like you know. No, it also just makes me think the fairy godmother and the fairy watchman. Oh. Okay, that I honestly thought you were gonna say like this is how the porn. No, starts. it's a guy with a tutu um, and a wand just floating about touching people on the head. It's very nice. Um. Nut quickly told the watchman that they were escaping the Gestapo and needed a place to hide. The watchman immediately, um, to quote from um, Nut's writings, uh, the watchman immediately showed us the... <laughs> Stop! I'm, I'm just going to minimize this the Zoom recording screen so I can't see yeah, you Yeah, you, you just need to proceed. Yeah, it's a good idea. You just, lost me I'm around the going, bend, man. I'm sorry. I'm muting uh, as best I can. Uh, oh, my goodness. Okay. The, to quote Nut, the watchman immediately showed us the hatchway in the deck and showed us that they had several times before had illicit things with them on their trips. The musician now proved invaluable. He talked and talked with the watchman while Rolf and I flung our sacks down the deck and began to work. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> we're, we're so close. We're, we're, we're so close. Just Shane, is a, hold, Shane's impregnated me with this. And I can't stop. Stay it. with me. Just, just stay I, with me. We're almost... 
We're almost done, okay? <laughs> Why does Nut have to throw his sack on everybody? Why? He didn't he throw it on someone. He threw it down the deck. <laughs> and he began to work, okay? He's a busy man. So he's just slow stroking it. <laughs> he's a busy man. He he doesn't have time for this. Oh, my goodness. Wait. Did I? Oh, I accidentally. Yeah. I don't know how to get it un... And I know what you're thinking. Well, I minimized how can, it. How can oh, 13 year old boys have a podcast? But it's the internet. It, it's it's possible. a thing. It but, really happens. Oh, dear God. Okay. Lord. Okay. <sighs> All right. Back. They finished setting up the explosives around 4 a.m. The musician had convinced the watchman by then that the escapees he had sheltered needed to return to Rejukin to collect their possessions. Nut considered warning their benefactor, but decided that that might endanger the mission and only thanked him and shook his hand. Wow. That's a yeah. pretty shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes, after the, uh, ten minutes from the ferry station, Nut and Alf left the car to ski to Kongsberg, 40 miles away from the lake, where they would catch a train for the first leg of their escape to Sweden. Rolf carried a report to London to uh or carried a report for london to the clandestine radio uh the driver returned the stolen car and he strolled home which is exactly to quote what wikipedia said he strolled home apparently you know it's it's important uh question exactly is them not telling the musician that uh the the bomb was in play bullshit wow yeah they they didn't tell the musician you you had a you had a bit of a a, a little wince there when I pointed out that it was shitty, so I, I, I can smell you. Oh, that's fair. I mean, there was a fourth person, but it was just some not it literally, according to Wikipedia, it was some nondescript rejuking. Okay, man. I was like, is... um, the musician was not told about it. There was a musician, yeah. but he was not told about the operation. Okay, at all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the driver strolled home, and the rejuking man strolled home. They both arrived. Um, at Nut's suggestion, the Norsk Hydro Transport Engineer, who was not part of the uh, who was part of the setup but not part of the heist itself, uh, had arranged a foolproof alibi. Over the weekend, doctors at the local hospital operated on him for appendicitis. No questions asked. Wrong. So, the aftermath: with fifty-three people aboard, including the concert violinist, the hydro sailed on time. 45 minutes into the crossing, Nut's charge of plastic explosive bolt blew the hole. We made it through. Congratulations, gentlemen. Yes. The captain felt the explosion (laughs) rather than heard it. And... I spoke too soon. Yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) And... And though the lake was okay, so the captain felt the explosion rather than heard it, and though the lake was landlocked, he thought they might have been torpedoed. The bow swamped first, as Nut had intended, while the passengers and crew struggled to release the lifeboat. Uh, or, sorry, I worded that wrong. While the passengers and crew struggled to release the lifeboats, the freight cars, with their drums of heavy water, broke loose, rolled overboard, and sank like stones. Of passengers and crew, 26 had drowned. Oh. The concert viol- yes, The concert violinist slipped high and dry into a lifeboat. When his violin case floated by, someone was kind enough to fish it out for him. The loss of heavy of the heavy water was seen as the main factor in the failure of Germany to achieve a self-sustaining fuck. 
I was so close to a self-sustaining fuck. Yes, mm. to achieve a self-sustaining atomic reactor and also bomb before the war ended. And that is my story, gentlemen. Well, fair. Sometimes you feel like a nut, indeed. And sometimes, and sometimes you drop you, your sack. You do. Onto the deck, uh, down the well, deck. Well, I uh, your way to brilliance. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I I know we missed a, a couple lies there because I was giggling like a small child. But Shane, you were a, you were a hound. Yeah, you got three of five. Like I, I think that's a that's a new record. That has to be a new record. Definitely well, ups I mean, the average. Yeah. John helped yes. out with the uh, the Einstein bit, so I think you know we're, if raising we're, an eyebrow helps. True. Then yes, you, yes. 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 That's true. I would say that you both get credit for that lie. If we were ever keeping track or score, like I would say that John should. Deserve well, a point just like whose line, as we recall. The exactly. points are meaningless. The points and nobody wins. We all lose. Mm-hmm. Now, please. Uh, yes. What were the the remaining that we 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 missed? So, and I was actually surprised Shane didn't catch this because I saw the hesitation. Um, Nut originally thought that sneaking into the facility by himself was the only possible way. He mentioned being snuck into the plant in a large box disguised as shipping materials. Once entering the facility, he figured he could sneak in through the air ducts and plant explosives on the drums the night before they were transported. Essentially, I was thinking like uh, Metal Gear Solid, like that sort of okay. style. Um, he actually, in his diary or his diary or whatever, report, he yeah sure. <laughs> uh, he wrote a one man attack on Vermork. Uh, he considered it out of the question. The only practi- practical possibility, therefore, was to carry out an attack on the transport in one way. Okay. Or another. So instead of even thinking about doing like an attack on the plant itself, they immediately were like, "No, that's not going to work." Kudos, um, well done. Yes, and the second lie. Um, the British said, no, the corresponding loss of life to the area is not worth the risk to stand down, and he ignored that order. That was not the case. Yeah. They actually said, matter has been considered. It is thought very important that the heavy water shall be destroyed. Hope it can be done without too disastrous results. Send our best wishes for success in the work. Greetings. I think, you know, there that should have set off some more alarms since we're contemplating an action during war when people are dying left and right. You wouldn't imagine they'd quibble too much over, you know, 50 people. So, yeah. Well done, though. Because yeah. it, 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 yeah. it did not stand out as we were doing it. But in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, I... we've done it. We've survived the yes. nuts. <laughs> Barely. Yes. With our decks intact. <laughs> no. Well, they there's many a into the many lake. a sack being dropped on our decks, and that so, is true. Most certainly. Like now, I do believe that we have more uh, readings to do. We do. I mean, it's important, but we always bring our uh, happy endings after the nut, uh, and so we are going to give you what you've all been craving. The next installment in our ongoing saga of My Immortal. Yeah, you'll see when you actually open that the the, the file the document. You've exuberantly marked I, start. Yes, yes. Well, no, that was actually John. Oh, um, actually, no. no I was going to say you probably noticed that there's like a good like thirteen pages or something like that added. Mm-hmm. On. It does look a lot longer than it did last week. Yes, I was bored today because I didn't work and I didn't want to do anything productive, so I uh, 
pretended that this was productivity. Well, I mean, at the rate at which we are getting these chronicled currently, I'd say we're going to catch up pretty quickly. So best to stay ahead of it, it seems. True. Yes, we. I I predict that this will probably last us another because there are a couple of chapters in here that are like episodes in themselves. Oh. Um, so I mean, like endings to episodes in themselves. Uh, so I predict that this will still last us through the summer. Okay. Sorry. Well, mm-hmm. then allow me to give our brief recap. Previously on My Immortal. We noticed that after their torrid, lusty affair in the Forbidden Forest, that we uh, were, we stumbled across Ebony and her dear lover Draco being apprehended by, of course, Dumbledore, who took them back to be heavily remonstrated by McGonagall and Professor Snape before they retreated back to the west wing of Hogwarts uh, and hung out in the Slytherin bathroom for a moment before he slithered into her loins. But uh, prior to that, Miss Ebony discovered another character in this wonderful little melodrama, Vampire Potter, who she has also become somewhat enamored of based on purely his aesthetic and how dreamily gothic he is. And now, in the midst of a, a lusty and romantic entanglement, Miss Ebony discovered that Mr. Draco Malfoy has a tattoo which says vampire, which caused her to abruptly end their coitus, run down the hallway, and accost Vampire Potter whilst he was meeting with Professor Snape. And the exact line we left on, Michael, if you'd care to reprise your glorious line. Vampire Potter, you motherfucker! And now, we have a moment where John tries to give us the clap. You Uh, know, if you didn't slam that goddamn beer down, you wouldn't have to take a piss break in the middle of all of our episodes, John. two hours! But if you got, like, a baby bladder, I'm drinking fluids over here. I'm, I'm, I don't need to milk. hydro of water and a beer? Well, I know you don't have anything to do but drink through the entirety of these fucking things. 48 (laughs) ounces of liquid, my man. All right, go piss, you juvenile delinquent. Goodness gracious. Was he, what, is he wearing I, I was like, pants? was he wearing children's shorts? <laughs> I thought he wasn't wearing pants. I mean, I'm like, you, you can't, I, I understand not wearing pants to these, you know, online recording <sighs> sessions and all, but like. Those are shorts that, you know, like that. little boys used to wear in the, you know, early 80s. Or just that, you know, they're about uh, this big. Yeah, I'm picturing like basketball from like the 50s where it's like they were it was essentially like uh what was what do they call them um John's wearing booty uh, shorts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, booty yeah, shorts. shorts. Um, yeah. Daisy Dukes, that's what I was the thinking. The good old of. cutoffs, yes, yes. So yeah. John, why are you wearing little child shorts? Or no pants for that wearing matter. Wearing them baby booty shorts. No, nobody wants what, to see these? that. Why are you trying to share and stone me here? Yeah, what are those chubbies? Are you like a bro or something? No, like, I had these. I had these last summer. That doesn't answer my question. We didn't spend a lot of time at a pool party with you last summer, John. I don't know what you did last summer. I'm surprised you don't. You aren't wearing like a pop collar and all that shit. The only people I knew that wore pants that were that size, that were that pant length, were bros, and they were called chubbies. Oof. I think. No, that's just what you like to choke down. 
no chonies. <laughs> That's why you, I like cho- to you choke down chonies <laughs> on chubbies. Because mm-hmm. I would always call them chonies, and they're like, "No, they're chubbies." I'm like, "They look so like you chubbies." Like, I stand domino. by my statement. Uh, well, now that I've fumble fisted us through and uh, John cut us off in, in mid nut, <laughs> mid nut in the that garden of uh, good and evil, uh, are we are we ready for the snappies here? We don't. Need oh, I'm snap. giving you a snap. <laughs> I'm going to snap too, bitch. All right, that's fine. I'm not going to snap just in principle. Three, two, one. Click. And now. <laughs> After Shorty Shorts Junction, we bring you My Immortal, Chapter 8. Everyone in the class stared at me, and then Draco came into the room, even though he was naked, and start... This Can I just take a moment and point out the sentence structures for these long bits of dialogue are just ungodly so i uh i will do the michael and congratulate myself for the fact that i have managed to give a semblance of order to these you are a champ you no honestly you should congratulate yourself all i will say is it gets worse i'm looking forward to it so i'm going to start this Mm -hmm. over so i don't fumble fuck the first sentence and uh, that's fine i will i will for future cut that will not be in the full length version Mm -hmm. everyone in the class stared at me and then Draco came into the room, even though he was naked, and started begging me to take him back. Abby, it's not what you think. He screamed, sadly. My friend, but Luddy, Mary Smith, smiled at me understatedly. She flipped her long, waist-length gothic black hair and opened her crimson eyes like blood that she was wearing contact lenses on. She had pale white skin that she was wearing white makeup on. Hermione was kidnapped when she was born. Her real parents are vampires, and one of them is a witch, but Voldemort killed her mother and her father committed suicide because he was depressed about it. She... She still has nightmares about it, and she's very haunted and depressed. It also turns out her real last name is Smith and not Granger. Since she has converted to Satanism, she is in Slytherin now, not Gryffindor, which just so happens to have been a needless parenthetical. What is it that you desire, you ridiculous dimwit? Snape demanded angrily in his cold voice, but I ignored him. Vampire, I can't believe you cheated on me with Traco! I shouted at him. Everyone gasped. You can read that, Shane. Um, Parenthetical. It is. I was like, I think this is Draco, but it's not clear. That was me. That is an author's note. Okay, so it's not dialogue. No. We can keep this in as well. Because How wonderful. So the writing is so trash that it can't even really indicate when people are speaking. I feel like that we've we've finally hit the point where like the prologue of this is done and we are yes. officially into the meat where things start to get super, super dicey. Mm-hmm. Oh, so tasty. All right. So I shouted at him. Everyone gasped. I don't know why Ebony was so mad at me. I had went out with Vampire. I'm by, And so is Ebony for a while. But then he broke my heart. He dumped me because he liked Brittany, a stupid preppy fucker. We were just good friends now. 
He had gone through horrible problems, and now he was gothic. Parenthetical. Haha, <laughs> like I would hang out with a prep. But I'm not going out with Draco anymore, said Vampire. Yeah, fucking right. Fuck off, you bastard. I screamed. I ran out of the room and into the Forbidden Forest, where I had lost my virility to Draco. And then I started to bust into tears. End chapter 8. So, instead of, you know, looking for deeper meaning in here, I think I'm going to lean on our literary master, Shane, just to decipher what the fuck happened. Well, you know... In affairs of the heart, the lines of battle are never quite clear, and the rules of engagement are never specified beforehand. So unfortunately, uh, it seems like this is not going to have any sort of metaphysical underpinnings that I can put my <laughs> finger in. Uh, uh, so we've created a scenario now where... She's somehow established a relationship with Vampire and Ebony after one conversation because, you know, he made her spill her blood that she was drinking with her Cocoa Pebbles or her, you know, Fruity Flakes or whatever the hell. Count Chocula. Remember oh, Vampire Oh, I'm theme? sorry. Yes, my brain. Oh, how horrible. I didn't retain that. Uh, <laughs> so... So they're apparently just in a relationship from having a conversation uh, in the dining hall. That That's a thing now. Okay. I guess when you're 17, anything goes, but... Uh, he was pretty hot. I mean, granted. Like Joel but Madden. Then, only so, like, so what was this, what is this backstory with Hermione? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, now, uh, you know, Hermione's... A vampire as well who was kidnapped at birth, um, but her real mother so was is, a witch and was killed by she, Voldemort. And... Is she supposed to be this uh, uh, Bloody Mary Smith? Yes. Okay. okay. And it's Bloody Mary yes. Smith, yes. Uh-huh. B-Luddy, yeah. B-Luddy. Indeed, B-Luddy. I like that. I <laughs> B- think I'm going to go with that better. B-Luddy. Yeah, yeah B-Luddy Mary Smith. Uh, yeah, apparently she was just kidnapped right after birth, and... I like uh, that she, like, gives the B-Luddy name, but then doesn't explain that the name was changed, but just expects you to, like, follow, like, this really thin line. Uh-huh. <laughs> also, her last name is Smith, not Granger. <laughs> which... Right, which is, just... like, being on a tangent and being like, oh, shit, this has nothing to do with the other thing. Oh, what's a throwaway that can connect that? Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Apropos of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, in interest of, of Michael, do you think that one more chapter would see us see us out, I mean, Michael, or uh, what do you think? Let's see. There is a because I'm still going spoiler free as much as I can as far as like deep topics. Chapter, I I... chapter ten is also. Let's see here. Let me remember. No, you have to edit um, this. No, uh, I'm cool with going to chapter ten because chapter ten has a good um, um, cliffhanger. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, then we'll uh, skip our. <clears throat> good god uh we're gonna need to we'll just uh skip over this random you know yep. attempts to break this bullshit down and dive in no i so. mean we did i would consider that good enough yeah, yeah. i mean i i wouldn't but yeah. 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 all right all right <laughs> fuck me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chapter nine i was so mad and sad I couldn't believe Draco for cheating on me. I began to cry against the tree where I did it with Draco. Then, all of a suddenly, 
and horrible man with red eyes and no nose and everything started flying towards me on a broomstick. He didn't have a nose, basically like Voldemort in the movie, and he was wearing all black, but it was obvious he wasn't gothic. It was Voldemort. No! I shouted in a scared voice, but then Voldemort shouted, Imperius! And I couldn't run away. Crookshanks! Parenthetical. Yes, I know that's Hermione's cat, and not the Crucio spell. Uh, I will say, if it's in italics, that is my own notes, so you don't need to read those. Well, motherfuck, Michael. I mean, I give me that a was, little bit. I thought oh, there's that was no obvious. legend in here, so. Oh, yeah, it's super obvious. Yes, oh, just oh my because God. you, amongst you all put the it nonsense. in italics. I thought yes. that was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So, okay, anytime so there is just italics. That it is means my own notes. Okay, all right. Yes. Um, he imperiused her, Michael. He didn't say Crucio. <laughs> no, Evan, he said Crookshanks. <laughs> Crookshanks? Yeah, that's Hermione's cat. I'm, I'm well aware of this, Michael. That and... is supposed to be her spell retort? Yes! <laughs> okay, all right, here we go. Just keep reading, <sighs> you'll understand. I shouted at him. Voldemort fell off his broom and started to scream. I felt bad for him, even though I'm a sadist, so I stopped. Ebony, thou must kill Vampire Potter, Voldemort yelled. I thought about Vampire and his sexa eyes and his gothic black hair and how his face looks just like Joel Madden. I remembered that Draco had said that I didn't understand, so I thought... What if Draco went out with Vampire before I went out with him, and they broke up? No, Voldemort! I shouted back. Voldemort gave me a gun. No, please! I begged. Thou must. If thou dost not, then I shall kill thy beloved Draco! He yelled. How did you know? I asked in a surprised way. Voldemort got a dude-you-are-so-retarded look on his face. A half-tail kinesis? He answered cruelly. And if you doth not kill Vampire, then thou know what will happen to Draco. He shouted. Then he flew away angrily on his broomstick. I was so scared and mad, and I didn't know what to do. Suddenly... Draco came into the woods. Draco, hi, I said. Hi. He said back, but his face was all sad. He was wearing white foundation and messy eye linear, kind of like a pentagram, parenthetical, get it, between Joel Madden and Gerard Way. Are you okay? I asked. No. Draco answered. I'm sorry I got all mad at you, but I thought you cheated on me. I expelled. That's okay. He said, all depressed, and we went back into Hogwarts together, making out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so so you understand now why I said it wasn't the Crucio spell, because it was making it sound like he was in pain and all that yes yeah, yes okay. context is very helpful in fact context is king yes um i'm very fond of the uh Vlodmort, uh there john well <laughs> Thank done you. yeah the, the, 
an effete Southern Voldemort. It just never occurred to me. Uh, Michael beautiful. has given me so much work to do that I am very paranoid that I'm going to forget the voices that I give to every character because of how much little effort I put into things. I honestly well, have thought about that while writing these, and so I've tried making it like... I, I, I almost thought like... And you can also edit it too if you want to be like, Dumbledore... Sounds like Gandalf, you know. Voldemort sounds like Southern. Like you can no, do that I if think, you want. I think I know that's just, effort, but I think it'll be better for everyone involved, even if I do forget, just to just to break the continuity. I that's don't, fine. As I, long I just, as as long as you keep Draco, I think that's fine. Draco oh, and Vampire, considering Draco, they're the most. Yeah, Draco is just hard planted. Good, good. I, I like that now John's casting choices for this are now Draco is Billy Quizboy and yep. Arse Face, and uh, <laughs> Voldemort is the uh, gentleman from Family Guy who worries about his cats. I only mean the conveyance. <laughs> oh no, no one ate any of the Oreos. Yeah, uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore is Gandalf, and then uh, Vampire Potter is... Uh, you uh, just, affecting a British accent? Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's like a royal British accent. Oh, oh. the royal! Like I imagine him in like a, a curled white wig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, fair. All right, fair so we are now moving on to chapter ten. Mm-hmm. And also, right. trigger warning. Um, even though I didn't put a trigger warning last uh, episode, uh, wrist slitting and suicide. So okay. Uh, well, I'm glad that you said that so candidly. <laughs> Yeah, <sighs> okay. I mean, honestly, if you have any taste, you should have just tuned out before we started. But you know, trigger warning, uh, lack of taste. You know. Speaking of which, not to derail this, and you know, give you more work when you get to that eventual like big edit. Our numbers for downloads dramatically jumped over the past couple weeks, and so uh, you know, I'm enjoying our our nice little rise. But we had like 65 on one day. Oh, well, to talk shop. Thank so. you. Yes. yes. All right, here we are. Chapter 10. Trigger warning, wrist slitting, and suicide. I was really scared about Vlodimort all day. I was even upset, went to rehearsals with my gothic metal band, Bloody Gothic Rose 666. I'm the lead singer of it, and I play guitar. People say that we sound like a cross between GC, Slipknot, and MCR. Otherwise known as fucking cats vomiting on top of a razor blade. Uh. Read the script. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, no editorializing, Shane. Bad. Bad narrator. What are you? Uh. What are you, a fucking Lee Jordan during a Quidditch match? Uh. I'm more like Dobby. Mustn't say editorializing comments. Shane, we're doing something serious right now, and I want you to fucking take it seriously. Uh, you mustn't fuck Vampire Potter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back in this shit. People say that we sound like a cross between GC, Slipknot, and MCR. The other people in the band are B. Luddy Mary, Vampire, Draco, Ron, although we call him Diablo now. He was black hair now with blue streaks in it. And Hargrid. Only today, Draco and Vampire were depressed, so they weren't coming, and we wrote songs instead. I knew Draco was probably slitting his wrists. 
he wouldn't die because he's a vampire too. And the only way you can kill a vampire is with a C-R-O-S-S. Parenthetical, there's no way I'm writing that. Or a stake, spelled S-T-E-A-K. And Vampire was probably watching a depressing movie like The Corpse Bride. I put on a black leather shirt that showed off my boobs and tiny matching mini skirt that said simple plan on the butt. You might think I'm a slut, but I'm really not. We were singing a cover of Helena, and at the end of the song, I suddenly bust into tears. Evan, are you okay? B. Luddy Mary asked in a concerted voice. What the fuck do you think? I asked angrily. And then I said, Well, Voldemort came and the fucking bastard told me to fucking kill Harry. But I don't want to kill him because he's really nice, even if he did go out with Draco. But if I don't kill Harry, then Voldemort will fucking kill Draco. I burst into tears. Suddenly, Draco jumped out from behind a wall. Why didn't you fucking tell me? How could you... You... You fucking poser mugger bitch... Draco shouted. I started to cry and cry. Draco started to cry too, all sensitive. Then he ran out crying. We practiced for one more hour. Then suddenly, Dumbledore walked in angrily. His eyes were all fiery, and I knew this time it wasn't because he had a headache. <laughs> what have you done? He started to cry wisely. Ebony Draco has been found in his room. He committed suicide by slitting his wrist. <laughs> but of course you can't die from that because there was no C-R-O-S-S or medium rare Outback Steakhouse involved. And that is the end of chapter 10. Oh, Michael, I, I both love that you've done this to us and, uh, you know, what have we done to each other? What will, what we, will do? we do to each other? I feel like this is uh, buried far or deep enough into this episode that I will share this story. And if it pleases uh, my masters, then we can, uh, we can, you know. If it please the court. Depart on this. So, Shane, remember when I went and played guitar for another band for a few months before they yes. tragically broke up in a just a plume of fire? <laughs> I have a very vivid recollection of this as a matter I of I even remember fact. this. So I would vent to to a lot of people about how these people would practice comparatively to how our band practices cuz even even back when we were young guns like we practiced we were very like not methodical but we, we were organized. We're like, pretty dedicated during practice. Yeah, for like, the most we're, part. We're not there to waste each other's time. You know, we, we just get in, we get out, tell some dick jokes, be problematic without anyone recording us. And some of us are irritable bastards, and so it makes the matter much faster when we start pushing things along. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, she's barely coherent enough to realize she's present. So it's <laughs> so it's so it's like going. Uh, it's like being in a relationship with one woman to another. So at these band practices, it was drastically different. Where I feel like it was seventy percent like them trying to just do basic human things like finding a power source and then the, the rest of it was like fumble fucking through a couple songs okay. and so there is a member of that band who is uh going to be joining us probably pretty shortly he's been sending the synth tracks over 
Remember I, I showed you a couple You of did? Any, well, I mean, you told me about them. I've never heard them. Oh, I thought I forwarded them. I'll forward them over. Anyway, mm. so he was kind of the organizer of that group. Like, he's the one who kept everyone on, on track. And the bass player was notoriously bad for tangenting and... <laughs> and powdering his nose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will never forget one of the band practices that I had where... Uh, this guy snapped the bass player to the point where the bass player broke down into tears, literally broke down into tears and practice screeched to a halt as the guitar or the other guitarist or whatever the fuck. Like once the bass player was like, Hey, like I had to say these things to get you back on track. Sorry that I hurt your feelings. And the bass player like through legitimate tears had to go take a walk outside for like 10 minutes and then come back in and everyone kind of gave him the whole like pat on the back. Like, are you ready to play your three notes now, little guy? (laughs) I will never forget that. It was so fucking (sighs) great because this guy, the bass player, like he thinks he is like the shit. Like that's the air that he puts apart. So just to see him get like broken down by someone essentially snapping me and like, hey, I have things to do with the rest of my night. So I don't know about you, but I just want to fucking play. And that being enough to break him down to a fundamental like fetal position. <laughs> Jesus. So this is all so that's incredible. what that What's happening me of. in this yeah. book? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm picking up on what you're putting down. That, that's all that came to mind. I was like, yeah, I know a Draco. well i mean we're we're not gonna find any sense here i think that we've established that very firmly now i know uh, that michael's long goal is for like literary analysis but i feel at this point it's more just embracing the madness and taking it as like taking it seriously but i don't think we can analyze it at this point there's Mm. only so far you can stretch some shit (laughs) Like, yes. I'll just say that. Like, I, I, I tried f- real hard to swing at it last week. but And if I were to say that we needed to do literary analysis for every single chapter, then I became the very thing that I railed against in high school when I told a, prof- a teacher that we don't need to analyze every single chapter of Huckleberry Finn Ooh, for Slavey Look out for this theory. rebel. Yeah, no, I'm just like, this is, no, no. So As they say, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah, if there's stuff to talk about, cool. If there's not, then... Then there's not. John, you were saying? Yeah. Oh, I, I forget. I'm trying to recollect. I'm trying to digest everything that we just went through, but it's um, it's a lot. I feel, is... I feel like she's and thenning herself into oblivion, which is something that I accuse people of a lot, but this is almost just just the, 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 the definition of it. Yeah, the, the asides are getting to be a bit cumbersome to get around if you're really trying to pay attention or read. But, uh, you know, we're, give credit where it's due. This is not as vapid as it could have been yet. It'll get there, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just... it, and you guys can, <clears throat> I know, like, you want to do cold reads and stuff, but if you want, you can also, that's why I'm preparing it ahead of time. No, no cold, cold, cold reads. reads are the only way that I can do this. Fair enough. That's why um, B. Luddy and uh, Voldemort essentially have the same voice now. So mm-hmm. okay. I did think that, but I wasn't going to question it. Well, um, I mean, I wanted to give her like a thug voice, but I couldn't uh, actualize it in time. Girl! That's fine. You can do it uh, next time. Are you okay? Um, you can uh, pull, you know, um, Minnie from uh, Hateful Eight. Just go with that. 
She's already got the southern affectation down, so just add in a little sass from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll make it work. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with this. This is, this yeah. is okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, cool well, cool, I mean, cool, technically, cool. though, if you think about her having a Voldemort affectation, she was stolen by him. Oh, in this you know storyline, she is the progeny of Voldemort at this point. So, and that is that. That's that's the vocal canon. So, yep, we we do that's become tam- our parents. Tamber canon. It, it's Tampon Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> and well, if only we could name the episode that for just that. <laughs> uh, I think we can, we can, you know, Tampon Canyon will probably be our, our new band name. So we'll continue that. We'll go along here. But, I like it. I like it. Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, I, I feel like that brings this episode to a really wonderful close. And, you know, now that we're at a, a fine jumping off point where I would typically talk about our, our social pages, I really don't see what the point is any longer, considering that we max out at, uh, you know, seven to eight likes and no interaction on Facebook or Twitter. I think we've uh, we've pretty much established after 40 episodes that my efforts are futile and absolutely pointless so i don't know who i'm speaking to if i'm trying to point people towards the social page it makes no difference how about we do this approach where we skip it for a little bit everyone agrees that the masks was a good idea indeed (laughs) yes um you said that listenership has actually increased a little bit Mm-hmm. Maybe just ride the wave for a bit before we start plugging again. Yeah, because I mean, like, at this people, point, honestly, if people want to get in contact, it's it's 2020. It's it's not entirely difficult to to do your precursory searches, if you will. You know, so you know, I think as I'm looking at it, if the goal for our social networking pages, and this is an online offline conversation, but uh, you know, so we'll decide whether we want to edit this uh, just for you know making more work for Michael since we're two hours in. Uh, if we're trying to get more listeners and, you know, obviously I'm not doing a good job at that considering the interactions that we are getting. Although if we want to keep this in, we did a one high point is that Alistair Crowley's official Instagram page did like our LeVayan Satanism image only, you know, almost a year after I put it up. So that's pretty heavy. He's got got a a heavy hitter. He's got a big inbox, man. I agree, you know, but yeah, so I mean, there's a, that's a highlight. We have officially intrigued the Aleister Crowley beyond the grave. We've managed to get him, <laughs> you know, but God bless him. He's, if we can find a way for him to somehow come out with a, you know, hologram or something and, and endorse us somewhere with some chicken blood, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Or goat's blood, maybe. I'm indifferent. Either or. Oh, is that how you're introducing yourself now? And I'm Michael. <laughs> All and right, I'm so Andor. long story short, too goddamn late. If you want to find us on social networks, please do, because you've done a really shitty job at it <laughs> thus far. We've given you a map, and you have maintained to be like Shane and get lost. So. Yes. I have a, a, no sense of direction, apparently. It's a terrible thing. But, if you want to um, find us, send up a smoke signal, and we'll eventually answer it. Yes. I'll probably see that before I will see something on Instagram. But uh, in any event, since that, I'm I'm just going to bypass that entirely, but I felt that I needed to give you a little preamble as to why I'm saying, who gives a flying fuck what our socials are? But uh, if you like what you d- you're hearing here after I've just lambasted you for five <laughs> minutes, you know, go find us on your preferred podcast provider app. 
And, uh, you know, don't like us there. Don't keep <laughs> doing as well. If you're going to avoid us, make it a blanket sweep like you've been doing. And if it's on YouTube, make sure to smash that dislike button. Yes, please. <laughs> just downvote us on Reddit. Start it, you know, just consider us poutine right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and don't worry, I'll eat it up. Indeed. John will slurp it. Snarf it like a little pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing uh, a fade out here. I'm yes, you're you're out. working your way towards it. So I believe that's gonna wrap this up in a big hateful ribbon. So for the Jeremy Corbell podcast. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, for the disinformed podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And you can all go fuck yourselves if you can't fucking find the will to hit a like button. Oh, thank you for coming, you miserable fucks. Don't worry. We'll slurp it up with a bit of shit and a little smidgen of piss. Don't forget the Velveeta. Titty, titty, titty! Can you imagine that? Tits on a pig. <laughs>